Car theft is on the rise. In America, a car is stolen every 12 seconds. What can you do to protect your car? An expensive car alarm system won't protect your car from being stolen. The club won't protect the valuables inside your car. But a big black friend named Drex will. Step away from the car, motherfucker! For less than you pay for an expensive car alarm system, and even less than what you pay for the club, you can get a big black friend named Rex to protect your automobile. Step away from the car, motherfucker. It's simple to use. Just leave a big black friend named Rex inside your car whenever you get out, but he does the rest. Anyone gets within six feet of your car, Drex simply steps out and says, Step away from the car, motherfucker. Listen to these testimonials from people who use a big black friend named Rex. It's always really nice to have someone to ride along with. Step away from the car, motherfucker! And welcome, everybody. Sorry for being late. I was I was literally looking at shoes. I got lost. I lost track of time looking at shoes. I know how cliche. <laughs> welcome, everybody. How are you all doing today? Good to see you all. Good to have you all. Hopefully you enjoyed my uh my brand new commercial. My brand new anti-car theft commercial that we've debuted today. Um special special shout out to Drex. Thank you so much Drex for uh for donating that sound clip. <laughs> Cracked a nail? No, I was looking at really cute shoes. Well, cute, but like, you know, gothic shoes. <clears throat> I need, like, I don't have really good shoes. Like, I don't really have, I don't have really good boots right now, so I'm looking at them. It's just really hot. I know the feeling. Uh, Miguel, I know the feeling. <laughs> it is fucking super warm out today. Like, holy crap, I'm melting. I just finished, I just finished some ice cream. I was looking at some shoes. It was a good day. It was a very good day today. So how how is how is everyone's Saturday turning out? I think I think it's pretty decent. I think it's pretty decent. We've um we've made some good strides this week, I want to say. There was some platforms with spikes involved. Absolutely there was. And and very very much. The problem is it's like I have like tree trunks for legs. So, cause like I used to, I used to do a lot of cycling. So like I have really, really thick legs, like not fat legs. It's all muscle. It's rainy and shitty where you are, Tom. I'm sorry. That sucks. Um, so like I have like really, I have like cyclers legs. So like they're fucking massive calves and they don't fit in really cute shoes. They don't fit in really cute, like little, 
tiny ass fucking stick leg boots. So I have to like look for <laughs> to look for something else. Unfortunately. Cuz that's the way it go. That's the way it be. That's the way it go. I'm like MMA fighter legs, you know, just like massive thick bulk all that fun stuff. But let me tell you, it's it's been a, it's been a pretty crazy pretty pretty crazy week. Um I'd have to say. I, Last week's show really pissed a lot of people. When I, I, not not a lot of people. <laughs> Chun Li says yip yip. Exactly. Exactly. I got Chun Li legs right now. And one day, one day y'all you will see. You have large calves too. You can't do skinny jeans or risk loss of circulation in your legs. So I'm saying, like, they don't make them for people that like have human dimensions. They make them for like fucking like stick thin Barbie girls. But they don't make it for people that have like human fucking dimensions, like you know, that actually have thighs and actually have ass and actually have calves. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, don't <understand. laughs> I don't understand how people can exist when they don't actually have muscles. They're just they're just skin and bone. Like there is no muscle on them whatsoever. Like how? Please explain this to me. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand how those of us with booty and with like actual dimensions can like wear clothing in public. Please explain this to me. Last show was spicy. Absolutely. It was, it was a very interesting week. Let me tell you, it was a very interesting week. Um, the last show with Quentin did not piss off a lot of people. It pissed off the right people. Exactly. And you fucking nailed it. It pissed off like 32 people. Um, which I mean, in, in law Twitter, that's a lot, right? It, it's like that meme, right? It's like, is it, is it a lot of people? I mean, when you're talking about 32 people on the planet, that's not a lot of people, right? But 32 people surrounding your car, that's probably a lot of people. 32 people on law Twitter is a lot of people because they, they, that's an immense amount of attention for them, right? Cause they're just, they just don't, they just don't see a lot of it. So yeah, I pissed off, pissed off law Twitter, which was, which was fucking perfect. That was absolutely hilarious. Um, pissed off, uh, pissed off the little clown that was, uh, yeah, pissed off two people and 30 bots. Exactly. It pissed off, uh, 32 trolls. <laughs> hey, 32 trolls under one bridge is a lot of trolls. Okay. That's a lot of trolls to fit under one bridge. <laughs> you carry enough weight for 56 exactly i mean you can't when the normal when the normal capacity for an elevator is 50 you probably wouldn't be able to fit 32 people on law twitter on that on that elevator i'm just saying i'm just saying <laughs> clown car you know 32 might not be big enough for it might might not be very big for a clown car i don't know that's <laughs> it seems to be but uh, no, we we ended up uh, we ended up rubbing uh, rubbing some people the wrong way, which I'm perfectly fine with. Because when you have people that are scum of the earth, um, literally dredges of society, telling you that uh, telling you that you're bad and that your show is bad, and then I think that's probably a good thing. I, I mean, I've mentioned it. Uh, I mentioned it on uh, on Twitter, but it's like I'm pretty sure that you know, um, I'm pretty sure out, out there, like you know. 
some some viral disease really really doesn't like the cure right when that when that hits the system i'm pretty sure the the virus gets pissed off that there's a cure so i'm i'm perfectly okay with uh with these little uh these little snowflakes uh, getting upset that we had a really good interview last week which i honestly i think that uh, quentin did an absolutely fantastic job um if you haven't checked it out already i, I definitely Definitely check out last week's show. Um, Quentin was on, Quentin Flynn was on the show, and uh, he was a fantastic, uh, fantastic guest. Um, Nick Ricada last night spoke about the uh, uh, finally spoke about the transcript from Quentin's hearing um, on his on his YouTube bo- uh, broadcast, and uh, it looks like he might be get, it looks like he might be having Quentin on his show in the near future. Uh, Quentin and his wife might be on Nick Ricada's show in the near future, so I think that would be fun too. Um, Quentin's a fantastic um, guest, but he's a wonderful person. Um, flawed individual as anybody is, but uh, he's not done anything illegal. He's not done anything wrong. Um, the the most guilty thing, the, the most biggest thing he's guilty of, is breaking the golden rule of uh, not sticking it in crazy. In my opinion, uh, you know, like. The, wor- the worst thing he's done is made a bad decision a couple times, but he's not done anything illegal. He's not done anything bad. People are just uh, not taking responsibility for their own adult actions, which <laughs> tell Nick to stop taking my ideas. Well, the funny part was, is I sent, I sent Nick, um, I sent Nick the transcripts about a month ago and he never got back to me, which I, I mean, Nick's busy and, and I'm a nobody, so it doesn't really matter to me. Um, but he finally got around, I guess there's enough people that were asking him about it that he finally got around to covering it. And, uh, I'm guessing he thought that I was like over, I was overhyping it when I was talking it up. Cause literally you have to read the transcript to understand, um, exactly how freaking terrible, like that person, the defendant in that case was. Um, and it's, it doesn't seem like it's true. Like uh, I could sit here and talk it up all day and you people would be like, no, there's no fucking way you're lying. That's why I had to do a show on it. Why I had to talk about it. And then people were like, oh my God, this is like, actually, she's actually worse than you fucking said. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's hilarious too. It's hilarious too. Didn't stick it in crazy though. You entertained it. That's what I'm saying. It's the same difference. Like, it's a, it's a euphemism. L-E-Z. The euphemism. I'm not. Uh, I'm not saying that. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, Quentin has a really poor track record of uh, uh, of picking picking the right partner. Right. <laughs> let's, let's be real. Like he he finally got it right with Samantha. He finally got it right with Samantha. Let's let's give him full credit. But he's he's made uh, he's made a history of of picking really fucking lunatic people to to at least get involved with in some degree of of action. Um, talking, talking to them beyond what you would at a convention. Let's just say that. Um, yeah, hard to tell, you know, hard to tell when you're talking with people, when you're being friendly and outgoing, when you're being, you know, yourself and you're being boisterous or whatever people take it the wrong way, what have you. But that was a very much, that was very much a case of, uh, of people, adults, adults let's make that very clear um not not taking responsibility for their own actions and uh, and shoveling it on someone else because it was convenient to um because they're taking a page out of the handbook that we're going to go over today 
which is on screen right now, they're taking a page out of the handbook of how to destroy a man now, how to damn a handbook. Written by a psychologist, by the way. They're like COVID variants. I mean, absolutely. Problem is, yeah. We're on the same page, just rubbing it into them. I, I mean, agreed. Agreed. When you have somebody, so funny sidebar. When you have somebody on the internet claiming that she slept with, with him, claiming that they had sex, claiming that she slept with Quentin, and using that as an excuse to blah, 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 mean things, blah, 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 fake things, right? Then she, halfway through her pant-shitting, psychotic rant about how Quentin did all these terrible things to her, um, admits that she potentially has a medical condition that she read up on Reddit she read something on Reddit and said, oh, I think I have that medical condition. Now, the medical condition that she's talking about, I don't know how to pronounce the damn thing, so I'm not going to make a fool of myself. But the medical condition that she has would make it physically impossible for her to have sex. Physically impossible for her to have sex, which is what she was claiming. <laughs> her medical condition is called shit for brains. I mean, her medical condition is stupidity. That is that is one hundred percent true. Her medical condition is just being an idiot. But she uh, she read up on Reddit about this specific medical condition that made it physically impossible for her to have sex. And when she brought that up to Quentin in a in a conversation after she allegedly had sex with him, um, according to her own testimony, um, Quentin's first response was, "Oh wow." Um, you should probably you should probably talk to a doctor before you decide that's what it is. Literally, go to like don't trust Reddit MD. Go to a fucking doctor and get diagnosed with this so that hey, you could probably get some help for it. But no, that that was Quentin being a gaslighting son of a son of a pixie dust. That was him. That was him telling her that she had a problem, which I mean, clearly, he does. Clearly, it's the Tumblr self-diagnosis trend in the wild. Exactly, Ken, and she used it. She used it as a gotcha against him. Like this is what I'm saying. Like people on people on the opposite aisle of Quentin right now, they think that you know. Reaching behind themselves and ripping their underwear off to show that they've shit their pants is somehow a fucking gotcha against Quentin. I don't understand it. I don't get it. Why are you showing the entire world that you're fucking batshit insane to try and prove that you're not batshit insane? I don't understand this galaxy brain play. Maybe my brain is inside my skull and I don't understand it. Um, my, my, maybe my brain needs to be outside of my skull for me to, to understand it. But it, it, again, yes, LZ, it's an, it's a legitimate medical condition. Um, and she did refer to it by name. She did. That's the point. She was trying to say, well, I never told Quentin. Oh,
Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm open to anyone coming on the show, by the way. Thank you so much, Phoenix, for the 420. Also, if you want a super chat and you want to get the lovely Bella to, to, to speak your super... I think the threshold is $2. I think the threshold is $2 US dollars. But yes, you want to donate, have Bella read your super chats, go for it. She'll read them. Yes, that's... Uh, yeah, exactly, Ken. So she was saying, she, as this big gotcha, as this big gotcha, I've had partners who have had that medical condition, so I know what it is. I don't know how to, I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, but I've had partners who have had that medical condition, and Quentin has had partners who have had that medical condition, so he knew what it, he knew about it, and so she said that she never told him what it was, but she, then. In, in her galactic brain explanation of, of I didn't tell him what it was, here's, here's a direct message I had with him of me telling him what it was. She literally told him. She literally named it. I, again, I, I, I don't remember what the hell it's called or, or how to pronounce it, so... Y'all y'all can go check it out. It's on. It's I'm pretty sure it's still on her stupid Twitter uh, Twitter timeline because she's proud of it. But it, it's it's insane. It's absolutely insane. It, it's like okay, so you're claiming that you had sex with him, but then you're saying that you had this medical condition that you read up on Reddit that you thought you had that made it physically impossible to have sex. But then you're saying that you never told Quentin that you had it, but then you show some you showed Twitter DMs that you actually did tell him that you had it. And then Quentin tells you that you probably should go to a doctor to get diagnosed. But then you tell, but then you turn that around on him. Yeah, exactly. LZ got it. That's the one. I don't know how to pronounce that. Um, but then, then you tell, but you tell people that Quentin was gaslighting you when you read on Reddit a medical condition and then assumed that medical condition. Like Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, calling someone gorgeous is not human behavior. I guess not for these, like, these fucking mutants. She did read it, Phoenix. She did. She absolutely did. I don't know if you heard it. Can't hear the chat messages. Really? One second. Let me pull it up. She read it on my end, and it came through the... Oh, you know what it is. I boomered it. I boomered it. See, I had the monitor on for when I ran the Drexel commercial, and I had to turn off my desktop audio for it because it would play it twice. So I heard it, but y'all didn't hear it, so I'm going to redo it here one second. Uno momento. I boomered it. No, there is there is TTS. There is TTS. Let me just redo it. Hold up. Hold up. How the fuck do I do this now? How do I redo this? There's a way for me to redo this. Oh, it's in the alerts, right? Activity feed. Live boomerang. Phoenix the Hoser tipped $4.12.
Are you open to me and Drex visiting in the near future? Here's some coffee money. There we go. <laughs> I heard it, but the, the OBS was the OBS desktop was turned off, so I had to turn it back on. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. And there you go. We got it to replay. We got the audio back. I boomered it. Um, when she just walked into you can't have sex. Hello, Toyman 99X. It's the condition something or other should be pronounced vesti vestibulo vestibulo dynia. Oh my god. Yeah, no, LEZ was the one LEZ's uh LEZ's thing. Yeah, yeah, Vaja Christmas or whatever the hell it's called. Uh, <laughs> that's the one she claimed to have. That's the one she claimed to have. The actual physical medical condition, I don't know what it's I don't know what it's called, but there's like one that's psych psychological where it's like too painful even to like, you know, touch yourself and then there's the other one where it's like the the muscles are physically incapable of retracting so that's that's the other one those those are the two that i'm aware of <laughs> vaja christmas <laughs> vaja christmas that's the new one so you'll you'll celebrate Vaja Christmas any day. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. You're late like Nick. I was late today. I was looking at shoes. So yeah, sorry anybody that anybody that was donating in and for the TTSs, it's active now. It was active before I was just a boomer and I and I turned off the the desktop audio for you guys. So you guys couldn't hear it, but I could hear it. And now everybody can hear it. It's all good. Everybody can hear it now. It's all good. We haven't really magic <laughs> <Badger> Christmas. <laughs> yeah, that was that was her big gotcha. That was her big gotcha was that she couldn't physically have sex. Yeah, she was self-diagnosing. She went on Reddit and she read that this is a thing that she might have and that was what she had. And she's like, that's what I have now. And she's like, this is what I have. And then she apparently apparently that was Quentin giving her a sexual transmitted disease because she caught Vagic Christmas from Reddit. And and people believe these folks. Now I I say people in the loosest possible term. I mean they have eyeballs, they have they have a skin sack covering a skeleton and they somehow operate it. I don't understand how, but apparently they do. That's that's about all. Good Lord. Vagia Christmas, one of the few <laughs> few times married people do the deed. So rare it's christened as a holiday. That's fucking funny. I, I should uh, I should market that. I should make a t-shirt. <laughs> Trolls, subhumans. Yeah, I'm 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 using I'm using the term people in the loosest possible term. Homunculi. Maybe you should actually try to have sex before you say you can't have it. Well, she was she was apparently saying, and this is this is more so like the medical, like the mental side of things. She was saying that it was quote unquote painful for her to even touch herself, like it was too painful 
She's never inserted anything in her. So and this is stuff she's posting on her Twitter timeline. This is not even stuff that got leaked. OK, this is stuff that she's openly telling people as a gotcha against Quentin Flynn, that she, it was too painful for her to, to even put anything inside of herself. Like talk about a little bit too much information for the Internet. That's probably a little bit too much information for the Internet, right? Like, Jesus Christ, the actual condition is go see a fucking professional for a diagnosis you can't properly diagnose yourself. Exactly. 100%. Jesus Christ. You must be a POC, man, because... <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, I, 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 will, I will professionally diagnose her condition as being a complete fucking moron. That's, that's what I will... In my professional opinion, with dealing with morons for 10 plus years, which gives me a doctorate in moronology, um, diagnosis confirmed. Diagnosis confirmed. <laughs> but yeah, you have these people out here. And this is, this is where they're getting it from, okay? This book right here, this book on your screen, this is where they're getting it from. This is where they're going to get from. And this is why I'm going to read this over. And we're going we're gonna to talk about this together. We're going to talk about this together, folks. With a medical condition, you can usually tell something's up before you try it. Yeah. Exactly. Before you try having sex. Exactly. So it's, it's like... It, 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 it's it's I, I don't understand. I don't understand how anybody at all can take these people seriously anymore. Yeah, with a with a minor in in, in trollology. Exactly, I have a minor in trollology. I am the master memologist, though. Master degree in memology. It's just, it, it, you look at you look at the people that are out there right now, going at Quentin. I'm not going to name names because they're all weirdos and they they have like like they furiously beat off whenever I talk about them. Right? They just start. Like, Talk about me some more. Yes. Like no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna name your name because I know you want me to. We're we're gonna we're gonna expert we're gonna expertly rim this rim this subject right now. So I'm I'm not I'm not gonna tell I'm not gonna say names because that's what they want they they want to be victimized and the funny part is it's like they're so vain. They probably think the stream is about them. <laughs> Sound like Gollum there. <laughs> Gollum, Gollum. My precious. That's what they think, though. That's what, that's what they are. Furiously masturbating in the corner. <laughs> Aggressive masturbation. Aggressive masturbation. Exactly. And then, and then afterwards, claim that you have Vagicrismas. And you can't and you can't have sex because you have Vagic Christmas. <laughs> Most trolls have masters in baiting. Absolutely they do. Plummet rant. <laughs> so this is what I, this is one thing, and thank you so much, Toy Man, for reminding me. Thank you so much, Toy Man, for reminding me. I wanted to bring this up just briefly, just briefly, because 
we've seen it all before, right? We've seen it happen with the Vic situation. We've seen it happen in other situations like Cuba Gooding Jr., all this other stuff, right? We've seen it happen. People will come out of the woodwork and try to be somebody. Hello, Dark Strange Nico17. I am doing well. I hope you're doing well as well. Um, it's, it's just like, it's, it's so funny. It's so funny because we have, we have a fucking laundry list of people that you can just swap out. Right. Glad to share your new tag for this. Person. Absolutely. So it began, it began with Shane, right? It began with Shane where he stepped up where he's like, <laughs> Don't Google that ever. You'll hate yourself for it. <laughs> it began with Shane where he stepped up. He's not even involved. Like these people aren't even involved at fucking all. They have no investment in these situations at all. They are so desperate to become a victim. They are so desperate to be a victim in this situation, right? They're so desperate that they were they will literally leatherface these people to take their to take their victimization. They'll 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 carve the fucking skin off of actual victims and put it on and dance in front of the mirror. Like this is the degree of psychopathy that we're dealing with here. They're they're desperate for clout. They're desperate for clout. It began for myself this journey. I mean, it, this shit I've dealt with for years. Right. This should have dealt with for years. I dealt with people like Shane years before I even knew what a Shane was. Yes. The shoe eater Shane. Absolutely. Fucking shoe on cutting board Shane. Let me, let me take a trip to the, let me take a trip to the refrigerator so I could find a rebuttal Shane. Like 100%, 100%. I've dealt with people like him before so when it's when i find <laughs> it rubs the victim wood on its skin or else it gets the re again <laughs> so when i first came across shane and saw him on nick's channel and saw the complete fucking moron he made of himself um it it, it dawned on me like these people exist like it, there's more than just one Right. We've seen it with him. We've seen it with, uh, with plummet rant. We've seen it with, uh, anime, anime profile picture clown. We've seen it with uh, Vaja Christmas girl. They take these victimizations and they drape themselves in it because they want so desperately. They, they want so desperately to be victimized. Like that, that round faced mongoloid that's been spouting off on Twitter. She was begging, begging people to put her on Kiwi farms. She put herself on, she put herself on, on lockdown. Like she locked her profile because she was terrified. I'm terrified. So scared. So scared of the internet terrified right meanwhile when she was 
when she lifted her lockdown, she didn't delete any of the tweets that she tweeted when she was private. Because, you know, that would be smart. So everything that she was saying when she was private was public afterwards. And I, I don't watch her profile. She thinks I watch her profile. I don't. Which is the funny part. Because people send me screenshots of her profile all the time. And I laugh at them. I don't, I don't watch her profile. She thinks I do. Which is funny as hell. But it's like, you're nobody. Nobody cares about you. But you're funny. So people watch your shit to see how you react. But here's the, here's the point. When she was locked down, the entire time she's like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lift my lockdown soon. And I can guarantee you, within an hour, my information's going to be all over Kiwi Farms. Like she's bragging, like she's hoping it's going to happen. Like, oh man, I really hope I don't get doxxed. It'd be a shame. Like, here's all my personal information. I really hope nobody doxes me. <laughs> like, I don't get these people. Paranoid shit for brains. I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. She's so vain. These people spend so long branding other individuals as narcissists, branding other people as predators, branding other people as ists and this and that. Meanwhile, they're fucking doing it. That's what they are. They talk about all the time about, look, I was gaslighted. I was gaslighted. I was held against my will when I fully consented. No. You gaslighted yourself into thinking that you were a victim because you saw all the attention that was being given to this other person who is a, a victim or at least appeared to be a victim. You picked, you picked the wrong horse. First of all, see, you picked the wrong horse for the game. You, 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 hooked, you hooked yourself up to it, and then she just shot herself in a fucking courtroom. <laughs> I'm an ugly girl, flash across your brain, goddamn Tompy. Exactly. Narcissistic psychological projection at its finest. And you see it all the time because they have this, they have this picture in their brain, this reality they've built for themselves. And it's because of, of things like law Twitter. It's because of things like the, 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 the massive symbology going on, the endless supply of thirsty fucking boys on the internet that reinforce this stupidity in hopes for a crumb of pussy. And you have things like this book that we're about to read right now. Those things actually reinforcing poor behavior, actually reinforcing gaslighting. And we're going to go over it. We're going to go over it. So I hope that you all have a drink in hand because you might need it. I've taken a skim of this book. And it hurts my it hurts my liver to look at. 
If you have an uh, opinion, an opposing view, your label is an istonophobe. Exactly. So we're going to go over this book. This is How to Destroy a Man Now. This is an actual book, by the way. You can actually buy this book on Amazon. You can actually purchase this book. It's been out for three years now. It was released in 2018. And it's still available. I don't suggest buying it. It was written by a psychologist. There's a lot of people out there that are saying, oh, well, this is satire. This isn't actually real. No one actually takes this book seriously. Um, They do. And we're going to see. We're going to see. I'll leave it up to you guys. I'll leave it up to you guys to decide to determine if this is actually being employed. All right. I'll give you that. So you can see how to destroy a man now. Okay. How to Destroy Man Now, a handbook. Lemons to Lemonade Publishing. Isn't that fuck? How life imitates art, honestly. How, how life imitates art. Lemons to Lemonade Publishing. Oh, I imagine that being read. You can see 2018 Library of, of Congress control number published in Wilmington, Delaware. I think that's Delaware. Dedicated to be dedicated to the underestimated. Isn't that interesting? Dedicated to the underestimated. You can you can already tell. Damn. Past participle damned in Christian belief to be condemned by God to suffer eternal punishment in hell, condemn, especially by the public expression of disapproval, Google dictionary. Isn't it fucking like you can already tell just the first few pages here. <laughs> no West child. No West now, Jan, not you. You can tell this is such a fucking dig at Christianity, at people who are religious, at people who are seen as righteous, right? Who are assumed. It's so funny that there that there's these individuals that attack people who are Christian. Like I'm not Christian. I'm pagan. There's people who attack Christians and Catholics and people who are, you know, religious to because they're not perfect all the time because, you know, in their mind religion demands perfection. Well, no, it doesn't. Like that, that would be a great, that would be a great thing. I don't think humanity could ever attain such purity. However, it's, it's so funny that they use that in this book. It's just little, little things like that. Right. So introduction. Oh God. As women, we have uh, been oppressed by men's physical advantages over us since the beginning of humankind. You can already tell. You can already tell the fucking tone of this book. And, 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 they, and you can't say that this is satire because people believe this now. It's gone from, it may have been satirical at one point, but now this is law. But now in today's modern societies, the tables are finally turning. This is in 2018, by the way. 
Especially with the advent of the internet and social media, the economy's transition from manufacturing to information, women's, women are leveraging their natural advantages. Example, sk social skills, emotional intelligence. Notice the phrasing here. And communications to gain power. To gain power. <sighs> written by and for Tutan. This is written by a psychologist. People out there say that cancel culture is not, isn't a thing. This book is cancel culture's handbook, by the way. You've probably already utilized these advantages to some degree already in one or another, in one form or another. For example, as a child in school, I recall the boys using physical strength and aggression, uh, example, punching to bully girls. That was their power. Girls, on the other hand, use communication and accusation, spreading rumors to undermine boys. This is our power. This is so disgusting. This is so disgusting. As an FYI, this person is not a clinical psychologist, it seems. They state that they're a business psychologist, consultant, and human resource professional. Absolutely. Yeah, they're not a clinical psychologist. They are a marketing expert. They are a marketing expert. Very, very important to keep in mind. The purpose of this handbook is to be a resource, a collection of tools and techniques that are proven powerful in women's struggle against the patriarchy. Yeah, satirical. Totally satirical, by the way. Totally satirical. 100%. Uh, I did not invent these methods. I only described them. Be advised, however, that these methods outlined in this handbook were chosen for their utility or their ability to achieve results rather than their legal or ethical merit. This is fucking interesting right here. They were chosen to, like, I chose these to basically show because they, they were either really effective and because they were really effective, not because they were legal or ethical. In other words, the information presented herein does not purport to be legally or ethically sound. Very interesting. Um, what is considered to be quote-unquote right or quote-unquote legal often changes with time. How fucking astute. How fucking astute. Wonder why they're picking on people for shit they did 20, 30 years ago. The prevailing culture and evolution of law. Wonder why they're picking things from a different time. PsyD programs are normally oriented towards clinical practice or, pr or practical applications of psychology. PhD programs are more research oriented, but you still see clinical psychs from them too. Yeah, I think this person's a PsyD. Uh, I think this person's the first, like the first one. Um, it looks like something that would occupy the place of honor in Ron's self-help. I'm sure he has several copies. I'm sure he's like that. He, I'm sure he's like that dude, like that homeless guy at the at the uh, at the um, whatchamacallit the homeless guy at the bus stop that's handing out like those little those little cards right or they leave like the, the packets with the books normally bibles but like this is probably Ron's bible exactly they're encouraging just to distort your own content to fit your own narrative it's very very interesting this handbook is this handbook is a work of free speech funny funny how it's free speech when it suits them, right? 
How the content is used, misused, or not used is at the sole discretion of the reader. And I, as the author, retain no responsibility. So you already know. You already know. I mean, this textbook right away. I'm not responsible. I'm just putting everything in here. I'm just putting everything forward so people can stumble across it. I'm not responsible, Papega. You haven't heard this before, but... uh, You've heard of this before? You haven't read it? Not sure if it's satire or not? I, I mean, it, might, it may have been designed as satire, but it has, been taken out of, it has been taken beyond that. Similarly, I'm publishing this book to, under the pseudonym of Angela Confidential to protect from backlash. Enjoy. Fantastic. You already know this is about to be some bullshit. Absolutely. Absolutely. This may have been intended to be satirical at one point, but this, as, we, as you will see is the cancel culture handbook. And I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you, Monica, Jamie, Ron, every one of them have read this and have pulled stuff from this. Let's begin with some introductions. We have three key friends or fundamentals that make it possible to destroy... A man now. Damn. To damn well, it's important to know them well. First ally is Allison Allegation. I love how they personalize this. This is such a fucking extreme left thing to do. And it's such like a fucking boomer business thing to do. Like it feels like I'm it feels like I'm reading through like a fucking slideshow from when I was in the call center. Just to make these stupid things up all the time. Allegation can be so simple, effective, and easy to employ, it's elegant. An allegation is a claim, usually without proof, that someone has done something illegal or wrong. A claim, at minimum, requires nothing more than an assertion. For example, if I yell from a rooftop that the world is flat, I have successfully made a claim. Similarly, identifying wrongdoing requires only observation, recollection, or a minimum amount of imagination. From lying to murder, any behavior that you've heard of, seen, experienced, or can think of that violates ethical or legal standard can suffice for an allegation. However, it's the last part which constitutes an allegation that makes it uniquely useful. No evidence is required. Stop if you've heard this before. Jesus fucking Christ. Did you see that Monica's appearing at a convention right now? There's only five people in line for her. Yep. Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's delicious. It's deliciously ironic, isn't it? Deliciously ironic, isn't it? The person out there preaching, uh, preaching, you know, love and forgiveness and, and, uh, and moving on is, has a fucking lineup around the goddamn, uh, around the goddamn building person that's uh preaching believe believe me destroy destroy men has five people at her at her table absolutely fantastic in a reddit thread on this book someone said most likely written by one of those right-wing crazies that actually believe this is the thing but trying to paint the current movement in a bad light no this was done before this became a prominent thing this was done before it was it became a prominent thing Like, cancel culture and stuff like that, yeah. But this was in the full swing of cancel culture. This was in, like, the 
everyone believed shit 100%. There was no question if someone got if someone got accused of something, that was the end of them. This was 2018. This was not 2020. This is not 2021 when people are finally starting to be like, "You know what? This is bullshit." This was the infancy of when cancel culture was a massive thing. I think I think what 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 happened when uh when did Rose McGowan do her thing? Was it 2015, 2016? I know it was a comment two years ago, but that's what I'm saying. No one fucking believed it at that point. And it's a, it's a person that clearly agreed with the uh, clearly agreed with cancel culture that is throwing shade on it. Um, let's see when the hell she made her accusation. Blah, 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 professional expansion, blah, blah, blah. Weinstein allegations. 2017. So, cancel culture began in 2017. Like, I guess mainstream began in 2017. So, it was in the height of its existence when this book was released. It was in the upswing of his of his existence when this book was released. So absolutely, person person is going to go out there and and throw shade on this. Um, this independence from proof allows you to make an allegation about any man doing anything without being encumbered by a need for facts. But how can something as intangible? As uh, spoke as the spoken word without evidence have enough merit or power to damn. Admittedly, if uh, if left completely on her own, Allison allegation has relatively little power. That's where we have other other two friends, Mary Media, and Arthur Authority assist. Yeah, this is the this is the handbook, or what would have what would become the handbook for cancel culture. Mary Media is our second ally. It encompasses just about any means of communication. Media can be as elementary as whispers of gossip. Although nowadays the term mostly refers to mass media platforms such as television, the internet, mainstream media networks. Of course, it always it also includes social media such as Twitter and Facebook, which you will soon see are well especially well suited for damn. And this is what I'm saying. Like, it may have been satirical at one point. Hell, it may have even been written by some right-wing nut job. Who knows? But the point is, you cannot refute the fact that people are actually listening to this, employing this, and it worked for three-plus years. Cancel culture was prevalent in your former occupation big time over 15 years ago. It's a real fucking pisser and interferes with legitimate businesses big time. That's what I'm saying. Like There used to be like the game, right? When you're talking about business and you're talking about cutthroat business culture, of course, like that was a thing that existed. But now that's existing everywhere now. That exists everywhere now and it's mainstream. Something brought it mainstream, which was the allegation against Weinstein and the Me Too movement, which the Me Too movement initially was well-intended. However, people took it 
a little bit too far. <laughs> cough, Bella, cough. People who don't believe cancel culture exists uh, are blind seeing the movie Rosewood. That's, I mean, it's it's a thing. It's a thing, and people put it to fucking practice. People put it to practice. All right. So how does Mary Media help Allison Allegation? Well, interestingly, they can help each other. You've probably heard the philosophical question, if a tree falls in the woods, no one hears it, does it make a sound? Although the answer to that question is still debated, it's certain that if allegation is made and no one knows about it, it has no power. Fortunately, however, the opposite is also true. The more people who know about the allegation, the more powerful it becomes. Thankfully for Allison Allegation, uh, and for our, our purposes, the modern mainstream media excel at spreading information far and wide. They do it to make money, lots of money from advertisers. Yet advertisers need more than just a way to reach people, they also need a way to get people to pay attention to their advertisements and ultimately buy products. This is where media content comes in. Media content can be videos, website posts, breaking news, and so on. Anything that garners interest, and it's no secret that the scandal attracts people's interest especially well. Sex sells as the saying goes. So does violence, injustice, misconduct, anything outrageous. That's why scandalous, scandalous conduct in mainstream media has increased over the years. That's also why Mary Media helps Allison allegations. Scandalous, uh, scandalous attra allegations attract people's interest. Interested people watch advertisements. Advertisements sell products, and that all, ma that all makes Mary Media money. Woo! The explosion of social media brought it mainstream. Okay, I'm, what I'm saying is this particular thing, Tom. I 100% agree with you that social media had blown this the fuck up. But nobody knew to do this until the Me Too movement. I'm, and I'm saying nobody. I'm saying the greater sphere of people, the general public. Joe Public, Jane Public. They didn't know what this was until Me Too brought it into people's living rooms. That is when it become that's when it becomes weaponized. That's become when it becomes mass produced. It existed, obviously. It existed before this. It'll exist after this. To what degree remains to be seen. But it existed before this because it was specialized in specific industries. That's why things like blackmail and extortion existed. Don't do this thing I don't want you to do or else I will release X about you. Remember that thing that you did to me two years ago? I'll tell everybody about it unless you do Y. That shit existed before. It absolutely is a waste. It absolutely is a waste. And this was mass producing and putting it in people's living rooms. I'm not saying this book, I'm not saying this book was, I'm saying that this idea, which was blown up and spread around by the people who abused the Me Too movement. And this book is fucking nailing it. We've seen it. We've seen it. The io9 article for Vic, when they interviewed Vic Mignogna, io9 intentionally cut his interview in a way that would make him look poor. 
in a way that would get traffic to their site in a way that would make them money. We saw it. We saw it with anime news network. We saw it with Sharon Grigsby. These aren't just things that happen. There's no coincidence here. This is conscious decision. And again, this book is telling people how to do it. However, fascinatingly, while the mainstream media profit from proliferating allegations, they bear little responsibility from doing it. Johnny Depp. Amber Heard. Apparently, as long as the media mention of the scandal is allegation, they're relatively safe from legal repercussions. Because of uh, free speech in societies, people can voice opinions and unsubstantiated claims. Further, I mean, that's uh, to a degree. This part's a little bit freewheeling it. To a degree. Press has fucking ridiculous protections on their speech. Further, the media can always attest that they're not making the allegation, but they're just reporting it. But in truth, the media actually do help make the allegation by how they report it. You probably know that how you say something can convey the greater meaning of what you say. And for example, I could say I'm happy, but if I scream it angrily, people are much more likely to believe that I'm, I'm, I'm upset. With that in mind, try listening carefully to how the mainstream media say the word allegation when reporting it in a story. Either they say it in a positive note as though it's something good, or they say it quickly and as though it's, it's as though as it's insignificant. They also use the word allegation or alleged instead of uh, alleged instead of the terms unsubstantiated claim or accusation without proof to de-emphasize that the evidence is lacking. That's true. Even more clearly, I mean, it depends on the it depends on who they're reporting, right? Right. If they're reporting about an allegation against Joe Biden, for example, they would use the term unsubstantiated claim, depending, depending on the news source, unsubstantiated claims. They're use, if they're reporting on an allegation against Donald Trump, they would use alleged. They, they would talk about it like fact, and then they would slip in, oh, I, it's, it's alleged. Let me correct myself. The first thing you hear, we've seen it happen. The first thing you hear is the thing that you hear. Even more cleverly, after the media make an, an allegation popular by broadcasting it far and wide, they circle back later and broadcast how so many people are talking about it. Further, they support uh, people who make allegations by promoting them as courageous and coming forward. So, so stunning and brave. These tactics get people even more interested and encourage others to make similar claims. It, it, that is 100% true. That is 100% true. By saying, oh, it's, it's so brave, it's so courageous, it's so stunning, it's so brave. You're showing people out there that if I make an accusation like this without proof, I don't need to, I don't need to make proof, I'm going to get positively reinforced. Because this person made claims without showing proof. They, weren't, they were told they don't even have to show proof, and they're getting praised for it. Finally, the media then cite the increasing number of allegations growing to public outrage that they helped create as being too numerous to be ignored or as evidence of truth. Now, this is not mass media doing it. 
the media here is not mass media because mass media wouldn't do this or shouldn't do this, I should say. CNN does it. CNN does it. But generally, mass media doesn't do this. We're, this is more so geared towards the, the people um, on Twitter, on YouTube, right? It's the, it's the source dude trust me. So many people are talking about this. Oh my god! So many. Look at all these people talking about this. All of my all of my alt accounts are are posting about this. Look at all of them. Soon it's too numerous to ignore. There's thousands. There's hundreds of women, right? There's thousands of witnesses. In your case, you saw journalists colluding with the person publicly. She even wrote a shitty article about you. Have no attempt to contact you. Shameful journalism. Really, Samantha, send me that article. I'll fucking, I'll, I will blow the back out of that fucking, that fucking cunt. 100%. I will blow the back out of them. Most shameful part, real victims lost in a sea of cloud chasing ham planets. Absolutely. In the fucking black hole. That are the fucking internet manatees. Um... And blah, 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 blah. In a court of law, a man is considered innocent until proven guilty. But in a court of, of media-managed public opinion. That's important. Media-managed public opinion. Social media-managed public opinion. A man is serially accused of a scandal... Uh, that is seri serially accused of a scandal is guilty until proven innocent. Guilty until proven more guilty. You got it removed after word got out about a hearing and she got fired from her job? Good. Fuck that person. Fuck that person. Get fucking dunked on. Go work at a fucking Starbucks. Fucking venti latte cunt. In this way, the allegation does not require evidence because uh, to damn because through media manipulation, it becomes its own evidence. That's important. That's important. Make the accusation enough times it becomes the truth because it's saturated on social media. We saw it in the Vic Mignogna situation, did we not? There's hundreds of victims. There's thousands of victims. Look at all these victims. Let's go to pretty ugly little liars. Look at how look at how many people there's talking about it there. Look at my look at my Twitter profile. There's so many people talking about this. How many how many of those people do you know? How many people how many of those people did you coordinate this with? First of all, how many how many of these people are actually independently talking about this? By themselves, without direction from somebody. Huh. Source, dude, trust me. Thousands, even millions of people can become organized against one man. Or dozens. All it takes is ten people. Five people. Three people. Likewise, the evidence and public perception of the guilt is created by Allison allegation and Mary Media Synergy. To become pro so prominent and powerful that our third ally, Arthur Authority, has to step in. And it's, uh, it's the authority that really helps us put the destroy in damn. Exactly. Let's look at the Staircase website, all the Google documents. Planned attacks through careful manipulation. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Journalist was a piece of work. Sammy sent her a message asking her to kindly remove it and took it to Twitter instead. I'm glad. I'm glad she got fucking blown out. Puff her out the fucking airlock. Likewise, the evidence... Oh, wait. Is that the one? Oh, yeah. That's... Okay, that's that. Authority is is defined as a person, any person or organization that has power to control, direct, punish, and so on which is exactly the kind of power we need to damn. Funimation. Blizzard. Disney. Examples include police, judges, bosses, human resource departments, board of directors, teachers, professors, university councils, Licensing and regulatory agencies and so on. Ultimately, it's the authority that plays the final role in condemning a man. Wow. I mean, if it doesn't sound familiar by now. So what do we need to know about authority to damn? Well, to begin, it's important to understand that authority has an artifact of patriarchy and chivalry. So, you know. Let's be proud about using the patriarchy against itself as quote unquote daddy knight. He uh, takes pride in his role as a guardian and savior, especially of the weak mistreated, violated, and so on. I mean, we're, we're in the middle of pride month and everything is rainbows and sunshine right now. So yeah, strives to be the hero who saves the damsel in distress. In other words, authority caters to victims victims and nothing gets authorities attention more than a call to action to save victims even if they're not victims to be considered a victim or damsel in distress authority first needs to perceive you as weak isn't this part interesting here isn't this part interesting here notice how in all of the allegations that have come out in the past three, four, five, years, however many years, these individuals have tried to make themselves look frail, unable to take care of themselves, unable to make decisions for themselves, unable, uh, unable to have agency over themselves. They're frail, fragile, weak little creatures that... It's surprising that they that they haven't been picked off by an eagle as soon as they stepped out of the fucking door. Can you imagine what typically happens when a man walks into a police precinct and requests a restraining order against a woman? Isn't that interesting? I should I mean we we can ask we can ask Quentin Directly. <laughs> we can ask Quentin directly. Officers roll their eyes. Immediately, disbel- immediately disbelief ensues. This is because they simply do not perceive a man to be weaker than a woman. And for that reason, they're unwilling to provide assistance. In contrast, in patriarchal societies, women are perceived as weak by default and therefore deserving of help and protection in the eyes of authorities. Second, for the weak to attain status, uh, victim status, authorities also need to perceive them as harmed or violated. In other words, authorities require a credible claim that illegal or 
an ethical standard has been broken in order to take action because their duty is to enforce standards. And as we know now, we can look to Allison allegation to make the claim uh, to media to make it credible. Nevertheless, it's still important to emphasize that authority is most likely to help us uh, help us damn in instances that entail apparent violation of specific laws or codes. The more egregious, the better. Which this part's very interesting because as we're getting to us as we're getting to a spot in society now where there's more empowerment for women, isn't it interesting that now the push is all cops are bad? Now the focus is, well, authority doesn't listen to us anyways, so we have to take power into our own hands. So they're eliminating authority out of this entirely. They're, they're cutting out one section of this entirely because it doesn't work for them consistently. We're, we're systematically cutting out the authority process by people who are using this particular method right now. And because authority doesn't 100% of the time agree with them anymore, all of a sudden, we need to get rid of it. We need, to, we need to streamline it. We need to be more consistent now. Eagles would have a problem with these folks getting, getting them off the ground. <laughs> Your brother was sexually assaulted at, seven, at 17 by a woman and no one believed him? I, I 100%. I'm sorry that that happened, but I 100% believe that. 100% believe that. Examples are numerous, including, including rape, sexual harassment, discrimination, physical assault, child abuse, substance abuse, dishonesty in its many forms, lying. Isn't it funny how dishonesty is a claim that you use to appeal to authority? Lying, cheating, fraud. And it works surprisingly well. Keep in mind that the media's help allegations against authorities can be used to motivate authority to action. So again, all cops are bad. Right? Oh, co- police don't do anything to stop these things from happening. Just about any widespread allegation about an authority begins uh, be, uh, being remiss, ineffectual, or negligent in its guardian and savior role will suffice. For example, a televised allegation about a company Ignoring sexual harassment in the workplace is enough to motivate the company's human resources department to hunt the accused man and anyone who fails to report his scandalous behavior to HR. If they're male. This is interesting because this happened in the, this literally happened. This literally happened with major league baseball. That literally happened with major league baseball. literally happening in the NHL, literally happening in a bunch of different big workplaces. Once authorities decree that there is a victim of a violation, they can take punitive actions against the perpetrator, i.e. destroy a man. Punitive actions usually entail substantial loss, such as termination of employment, loss of income, loss of education, loss of certification, dismissal from school or revocation of credentials, loss of social status, Good uh, or good reputation, public shame and humiliation, loss of financial savings, payment for legal settlements, 
loss of freedom, imprisonment. In addition, the combined actions of allegation, media, and authority generally result in an ongoing loss for future opportunities. Again, again, <laughs> we see this shit all the time, do we not? Vic is suffering an ongoing loss. I'm sure that uh, I'm sure there's a few people out there that are suffering ongoing losses. Alec Loca has a, has a permanent fucking loss. With a smeared reputation or record of alleged misconduct, no one will want to be associated with him. No one will want to employ him. No one will want to help him. No one will want to even believe him. Is this, and this is 100%. It's a handbook for psychos. They want them in the ground. They want them dead. And when they're dead, they want them even more dead. Stan Lee getting attacked in death. Further, the subsequent long-term stress of frequently loss uh, frequently results in loss of physical uh, and mental health. When I say these methods can destroy men, I genuinely mean it. You're not fucking wrong. You're not fucking wrong. Moreover, these methods do actually do destroy men, even powerful ones. There's no better testimony to how effective allegation, media, and authority can be in the growing number of men they've destroyed, regardless of allegations being true or false. The following is just a partial list from one year, 2017, of renowned men in no particular order. The allegations made against them in social media, R.B. Weinstein, Roy Price, Chris Savino, Lockhart Steele, John Besh, Terry Richardson, Leon Weisseltier, Emerson Collective. Oh, oh, it was Fire from the Emerson Collective. Knight Landisman, Mark Halpern, or Mark Halpern. Jesus Christ, Ken Baker. Kevin Spacey, uh, Jeremy Piven, Michael Arrakis, Andy Dick, Jeff Hoover, David Gwilad, Ed Westwick, Matthew Weiner, Louis C.K., Andrew Kreisberg, Eddie Berganza, Gary Goddard, Al Franken, John Conyers, Glenn Thrush. I'm not going to read all of the, the shit that they've done. These are just names that have been rightly or wrongly been brought to, uh, and destroyed. Charlie Rose, John Lasseter, Ma- Matt Lauer, Garrison Kyler, Russell Simmons, Warren Moon, Mario Batali, <laughs> Mar- Mario Batali, Jesus Christ, Ryan Lietza, Alex Kaczynski, Jerry Richardson, Blake Farenthold, Travis Smiley, Carl Sargent. 
That's two. That's just in 2017. Just in 2017, rightly or wrongly. That's a body count for 2017. With the fundamentals as our foundation, we can now shift our focus to tools and methods. The technique outlined. Anonymous, Anonymous. tip $20 with you sharing this info in the hopes more are aware of their tactics. Thank you. Thank you, Anonymous, for the $20. I appreciate you. That's absolutely amazing. Absolutely. These are the fucking tactics. Whether or not this was like satire, whether or not this was written by a psychotic right-wing crazy Nazi person or a, a psychotic left-wing crazy Nazi person, there's no denial this shit is being employed. This is the shit that's being put out there. Online method is easy. So easy, yet so powerful, and it's truly phenomenal. Let me illustrate the following with the following vignette. Valentine's Day early morning. Sam Mann wakes up abruptly to a cell phone ringing at his bedside. Normally he'd ignore such an early call, but it rings incessantly. Knowing that people rarely blow up his phone with good news, especially before dawn, Sam embraces himself for an emergency and answers the call. What happens next, however, is something he could never have imagined. Hello, this is Sam. Hi, Sam. It's Sarah. Sam is a seasoned business consultant, and, Sarah, and Sarah's uh, company is his biggest client. Oh, hi, Sarah. Oh, hi, Mark. What can I do for you? With a gasp, Sarah exclaims, You haven't seen what's on the internet about you. You haven't seen what's on the internet about you? <laughs> you wouldn't be friends with me. You haven't seen that for yourself in person. Yeah, Vic is a good man. Absolutely. Vic's a great Vic's a great dude. Sam has no idea what she's talking about. Sarah explains that her company received an anonymous email via their website's contact us page, accusing Samuel Mann about uh, accusing Samuel Mann of, of being a woman beating alcoholic, drug addicted, alcoholic and rapist. So basically, basically they're accusing Sam of being Ron Toye, which is the worst fucking allegation on the planet. Don't ever accuse anybody of being Ron Toye except Ron. I just, I just, um, uh, <laughs> among other things. I mean, he's, uh, he's only, uh, he's only an alcoholic woman beater. It's, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about his status about being addicted to drugs. So, I didn't hit her. She's lying. I swear. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> I did not hit her. I did not. <laughs> oh, my God. The email also instructed the company to Google Samuel Mann MBA to see if it's true. Isn't that fun? Just Google him. Just just Google him because we've already poisoned the well enough that we are confident that if you Google someone, you're going to see exactly what we want you to. Blindsided and still on his call with Sarah, Sam reaches for his laptop, Google Samuel Mann, MBA business consultant. He is shocked with what he sees. His LinkedIn profile promoting his business credentials and accomplishments is no longer appears at the top of Google search results. Instead, there's a post called Cheater Report. Cheater Report. Dun, dun. 
Where in the fuck am where in the fuck are my sound clips? Where the fuck are my sound clips? Cheater report. There we go. <laughs> With the headline Samuel Man MBA is a woman beating alcoholic business consultant. Immediately below that I, I literally Literally Cheater report, come on. Ron Toye is a woman beating alcoholic business consultant. I don't even, uh, I, to be fair, I don't think, I don't think that calling Ron Toye a business consultant is actually true. So uh, it's like so warm in here. My nose is itching. My hair keeps like flopping over. Immediately below the search result is another one called, a. Uh, uh, called report my ex with the headline business consultant Samuel Mann MBA is a psycho rapist pedophile whoa whoa followed by a similar post on ripoff report <laughs> the list goes on and on <laughs> what do they have that one linked as Come on, man. I'm a pro hockey player. There you go, Toy Man. You're Googling yourself? (laughs) You're a pro hockey player? Excellent. Love it. I love it. In total, the allegations span the first four pages of Google's search results for Sam's name. Any positive information about him, including endorsements from clients, was now buried further back in Google. More than anyone would typically look. Wow. Wonder why. Wonder why people would tell him to would tell people to Google him. Remember they were formulating the cha- the plan to change gears to pedophile when the first stuff wasn't sticking. Absolutely. Fucking. I don't know why my hair is like tickling my nose. I gotta find that. I gotta find like the single strand that's doing it because it's really annoying. Um. I don't have my hair. Fuck. Oh, do I? Do I? I do. Yeah. This is a godsend. The fuck out of my face. You can see my terrible my terrible Irish hairline. <laughs> I only wear this because it's like super fucking warm out and it's like tickling my fucking face. Get a hat trick? Exactly. Okay. Oh please lord. Oh that's like much better. I can actually feel feel the, the fan on the side of my my head not have like 8 million pounds of hair in the way. Alarmed Sam, Sam defends himself. Sarah, this is literally unbelievable. I have no idea why this is happening. You've been working with me for over 10 years. You know, none of this is true. Doesn't this sound familiar? I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. I'm sorry, Sam. It doesn't matter if it's true. It's all over the internet. It looks bad for our company to be associated with you, and our lawyers say it makes us vulnerable. We have to cut ties with you. Quoo. Quoo, lad. Quoo, lad. Come on, man! And with that, Sam suddenly loses his biggest client, a relationship that took a decade to build and was continuing to grow 
Hundreds of liter- uh, literally hundreds of thousands of dollars in annual income and in- annual revenue gone. Literally just the day before the business was going wonderfully. Sam hangs up bewildered and in disbelief. As soon as he puts down his phone, it ring- begins to ring again. This time is the caller. The caller's name appears on the ID. It's Sam's second biggest client. You're probably thinking at this point, yeah, this is powerful. It would be awesome to destroy a man by ruining his, ruining his reputation across the internet. But I don't have the resources to do that. Yet you do. Easier to destroy than it is to create. Ab-so-fucking-lutely. Ab-so-fucking-lutely. Quit flaunting your follicles and hair privilege. <laughs> I'm sorry, Catnip Dave. I can't help it. I can't help it. Certain types of... Uh, oh, wait. I, I didn't do that. Didn't do this part yet. Yes, you do. The, that's the beauty and genius of this method. With as little as an internet connection and minutes of your time, you can destroy a man worldwide overnight. That's fucking terrifying because it is accurate. Certain types of media, such as complaint websites and Google uh, and Google search engine, are key to enabling the damn online method. Nonetheless, to maximize results, it's still important to tailor all three fundamentals, beginning with allegations. I don't know how often I need to say this. But this is the cancel culture handbook. It has been proven to be effective. It has been proven to be effective as early as 2018. As early as 2017, in some cases. People have taken this and they've run down the field. This exists. This exists, people. Now we're going to find out how they craft allegations. Ask Gina Carano. Right? It works on men and women. The point here is is that it works on perceived strong people. It works on people who have perceived power, support, because the accusers go out of their way to make them seem powerless and weak and rolled over. Why do you think the men that support this movement emasculate themselves? They don't want to be seen as a threat. They want to see. They want to be seen. They want to be seen as neutered, as weak, as powerless. Doesn't stop it though. Crafting allegations. Keep in mind that the allegations you craft for damn online method will be presented as listings on the internet search engines. SERPs. The search results you fir- you see when you first uh, when you first search for something via Google or Bing. For example, there are just some 
of the many real listings, crafted allegations that Google serves up at the time of this writing, January 4th, 2018, for the name Darren Ambler, who apparently has been targeted by the damn method. James Gunn supports cancel culture. That's really dumb because he got fucking shot by it. Disney, who literally uh, had a plantation-themed Aunt Jemima restaurant at Disneyland for years. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Darren Scott Ambler, New Jersey, stalker predator. Darren Scott Ambler resides in the Delrin section of southern, southern New Jersey. Darren Ambler is a pharmacist by trade and the sneakiest liar and sex addict. Is the sneakiest liar and a sex addict. None of which are illegal, by the way. Sex addict sociopath. Darren Ambler is 39 years old. Sex addict, pervert, con artist, liar, internet addict. Internet addict. Isn't that interesting? Using that as an, as, uh, <laughs> using that as an insult. Jesus Christ. Everyone on law Twitter should be, con con should be convicted. Um, former drug, drug addict. Darren is nothing is a dangerous, uh, because, because he really believes that there is nothing wrong with him and, and is out to get everyone and everyone else is out to get him either crazy or, or out to get blah, blah, blah. I can't, I can't English. Typical sociopathic, sick, demented behavior. Um, that's not actually sociopathic or demented behavior. That's paranoid behavior. Um, but you can see how they're crafting it. You can see how they're changing the definition of terms to suit them. Very interesting. Animated to... Uh, oh my god, yeah. You're excited for Gal Guardians of the Galaxy 3, but supporting cancel culture, that's death sentence. Libel suit forthcoming for Stan. <laughs> you didn't know that Dallas Morning News writer called you a consistently revered pathological liar? Jesus Christ. What a fucking lunatic. Well, I mean, it's a little bit of projection, right? It's a little bit of projection. She's she's a consistently revered pathological liar. So take that as a compliment, I guess. Demonizing someone for previous drug addiction, shame on them. Exactly. They have no shame. They have no shame. Please stop Darren Ambler. He's a womanizer, con man, cheater, liar, sex addict. He suffers from serious mental problems. Beware. He only wants sex and possibly money. He is a professional liar. He's an internet stalker. He prees. What does prees mean? Like you can see that these people are deranged. Who the fuck cares if people want sex? If they, if they obtain sex legally and consensually, who the fuck cares? I'm sorry that he doesn't want to have sex with you. Fucking Christ. Blah, blah, blah. Holy crap. There's like tons of these. You'll notice that from these rudimentary examples that each 
SERP crafted, listed crafted allegation begins with a poster title headline that has a web address underneath and a snippet that provides example of the content. We'll talk about how and where to post the allegations online what in the media section of this chapter, but first, it's important to highlight what makes a crafted allegation work best for search engine listings. So they're, they're literally search engine search engine optimizing. Prees doesn't read. <laughs> yeah, so imagine imagine sex. Jesus Christ. What what fucking person has sex, Samantha? Good lord. What a terrible fucking thing. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. was a sex addict and everyone hated his guts. Now right now he's universally loved and now people are trying to cancel him for Tropic Thunder again. <laughs> After cuz they they're cuz they're fucking 12 years old and they just found out what Tropic Thunder was for the first time. Although formats vary somewhat. Oh my god. I'll stop this fucking nose. Uh, websites we'll be leveraging will require your allegation post to have a title and content. All ab- uh, above all, both the title and content need to have the name AM. I guess they mean authority and media. In the words, in what? In other words, they should clearly identify multiple ways that you seek to destroy. If the man has a relatively unique name, that's great. The search results will, will likely refer to him. But if it's a, a common name such as Joe Smith, search engines may return results that you didn't craft, which could get in the way. In either case, it's best to make the post title as and, specific, and content as specific as possible by including the man's full name and any titles he has, doctor, pilot, president, confidentials, MD, MBA, PhD, or credentials, and affiliations, company, business, or organization, along with your identifying information, along with identifying information such as his address, phone number, and age. So just dox him. Just just dox him straight up. It should It should just dox him is what they're saying. Reading the sex streaming too, it's so stupid. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. Hate seeing the reaction to the Song of the South. Rip the new Netflix comic book show. My goodness. So, Dr. Joe Allen Smith, MD, ENT specialist, 40 years old, Buffalo General Hospital, 585 555 321, Sweet Home Road, Amherst, New York. That's far better than just Joe Smith. What a fucking. My God. You can see why people do this. Like you can see why people want to get your information. They want to they want to dox you. They want to share this shit because they want to use it against you and they want to make sure it's you that they're targeting. The more identifying information you, you include, the easier it is for Google to serve up allegations about the specifics that you're targeting. Let's n- not forget pa- uh the pa- about the power of pictures. Pictures are worth a thousand words, as the saying goes, and Google appears to agree since it provides images related to the search queries near the top of the search results. Thankfully, many of the websites that you'll be using allow you to include pictures with your posted allegations to maintain your anonymity. Of course. All about keeping anonymous, right? You can use pictures of the man that are already public, like ones posted on his social media profiles or other places online, copy and paste them from his Facebook or LinkedIn accounts. 
Next, in order to attract the proper public attention and post title, the content you crafted needs to include scandalous allegations about the man victimizing others and violating legal or ethical standards. Anything shocking can work, but crimes of a sexual and violent nature against women and or children seem to work best. How disgusting, right? A few examples include rape uh, or sexual assault, physical assault, slash including beating women, and um, liking liking minor people. Liking little people. Other vices, such as alcoholism and drug abuse, can also work, but appear less effective, perhaps because victims are less apparent. Either way, both approaches are public are more effective when phrased as helpful warnings. I can't say this enough. I can't say it enough. This is the fucking handbook for this shit. Look at what they're telling people to do. It's phrased as a helpful warning to the public, most likely because they're they're they appeal to the authorities guardian savior role by implying that the weak people are presently at risk. For example, a post title could read as follows warning. All women beware of, of rape artist, uh, rap artist, Joe Smith, MD, ENT specialist further. While they have the content, uh, the post content requires more detail. It needs to be, but a paragraph in length for search engines to detect it, index it, rank it highly in search engine optimizations. Nevertheless, longer content is typically better in the eyes of search engines. As always, to keep the fundamentals in mind, ask yourself what will get the attention of media and authority. As you can probably guess, crafting stories or sharing anecdotes with allegations chock full. I have to blow my nose. This is getting ridiculous. Get the fuck off, you stupid fucking fuck. Fuck that person who shall not be named. Absolutely. Absolutely. She shall not be named uh, took an innocent photo of Quentin's young cousin sitting on his lap and spread that he's proof of that he's a ped- that he's a uh, pedanto enthusiast. That's fucking terrible. That's fucking terrible. I, I'm that's what I'm saying, Tom. That's what I'm saying. This is the fucking handbook. This is what they did. They took straight out of here. Straight out of here. Uh, where, where did I leave off? Search engines appear to rank the to to link to voluminous content higher in search results. That's important because we want the public media and authorities to notice them. Also, it's best to make the allegations anonymously if you want to protect yourself from any negative repercussions. Yeah, no responsibility. You can refer to yourself as a victim or a friend of the victim. We're we're seeing it. We see it every fucking time this shit comes out. In your posts... You can help maintain anonymity by using a public internet connection like a cafe or a hotel lobby or a virtual private network connection. If you're familiar with how to, to 
how that works to mask your home IP address. Furthermore, some of the websites you'll be leveraging may ask you to register with a username or address. You can still guard your anonymity, however, by creating a generic username Karma Princess or a throwaway e uh, email through the account Yahoo, Gorilla Mail, Hotmail, and the likes. Frankly, the websites do not seem to care who is actually posting. Well, that's fucking true. Additionally, although it's important to make allegations scandalous, it's counterproductive to go overboard and make them ridiculous. That's also true, which is what the idiots accusing Flinton, uh, Flinton, oh my God, uh, accusing Quentin Flynn. <laughs> I'm not drinking, I swear to God, I haven't had a single drink today um, at all. Uh, that's what these idiots accusing Quentin Flynn of all of his shit. They have gone so goddamn far. They kicked the fucking ball clean out of the end zone. Not to touch back. Yeah, most of them are really terrible in anonymity too. It comes down to laziness. Laziness because they don't they don't actually <laughs> Flinton. <laughs> God damn it, Blaze Firestorm. Um but yeah, they don't actually care like to, to do any of the work. They just uh, they just want the results. He's a doctor who rapes who repays patients. I sorry. Sorry, Google overlords. I meant repay, not the other R word. Is enough to do serious long lasting damage. Uh, whereas a doctor, he's he's a doctor who drinks twenty bottles of wine per week, smokes crack, hires prostitutes, and repays his patients. Sounds over the top and can undermine the credibility of your claim and lose authorities' interest. <sighs> We're seeing the latter. We're seeing the latter being accused. Moreover, the damn online method relies on, on multiple allegations, posting across the internet to get the attention of search engines and work most effectively. Because internet search engines tend to ignore duplicate content, you'll need to craft various written versions of your allegations to be posted on different websites. However, the, ver the versions don't have to vary much. Changing a few words, moving some sentences should suffice. Grape juice by Welch's. <laughs> Jesus, Jones. Um, yeah, I, I agree, Milo. I agree. Like, uh, one <laughs> sits there and eats all of her food. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. So I'm not going to read these stupid examples because they're just basically the same thing, just posted three different ways. Finally, periodically posting different versions of allegations like the examples just shown to websites over time can help. Keep scandalous li uh, listings for the main target atop Google's search results. We saw this happen with Kitchener Comic Con, actually, because um, there's an asshole that uh, followed this book to a fucking T to try and make allegations against Kitchener Comic Con, and was doing this exact thing. He was he was basically crop dusting the Google uh, the Google search results. Now let's moving uh, let's move on to discussing the websites where you can post allegations you crafted, leveraging media. This is especially true, see, yeah, blah, 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 it's difficult to, to, to damn without media's help, especially true for damn online method because it relies on help from specific types of media, mainly websites and Google's search engine. Complaint websites are the most crucial type of, uh, of website to leverage for the, for the damn method. 
you've probably come across them while searching online for a business or product review, but if you're not already familiar with them, they depict themselves as websites to voice opinion and share experiences publicly. Basically, they make it free and easy for people to post their reviews and complaints on the internet for all to see. Examples of complaint web- websites include the infamous and long-standing rip-off report. <laughs> Along with complaint boards and pissed consumer. In addition to websites like these, they are geared to attract the consumer complaints about businesses, products, and services. There are also seemingly endless numbers of dating and relationships complaint websites such as Report My Ex. <laughs> Beware and Cheaters and Home Wreckers. Where you can easily post allegations. For your convenience, here's a list of over 50 complaint websites available online at the time of writing. Jesus Christ. Look at all of those. Oh my God. <laughs> Damn straight, my name even rhymes with salami. Exactly. These websites profit tremendously from using public complaints as a legal form of extortion. It is pretty much a legal form of extortion. Let's just put it out there. As alluded to in Chapter 1, media is the, is the of this kind shield themselves from legal repercussions by attesting that they do not create the content published to their websites. Section 230 compliance, by the way. Section 230 protections, rather. Because they, uh, they don't edit and they don't curate the content, so it's uh, Section 230. They're just a publisher. In that regard, complaint websites can hide behind free speech laws and other statutes pertaining to freedom of expression. And here we go. Internet, such as Communications Decency Act, Section 230. Similarly, many complaint uh, websites are actually actually promote the fact that they do not monitor, censor, or verify the content um, posted on their platforms while they're saying provided an open forum, while at the same time absolving themselves for responsibility uh, for said content. What invariably happens, however, the website's bank on is that the posters' complaints that damage reputation and result in substantial port, uh, substantial losses for people and businesses. Then the websites refuse to remove the complaints unless they are paid to. And the payment they demand for removal is extor- exorbitant, ranging from hundreds to thousands of dollars per post. Moreover, many of these websites make it exceedingly easy to proliferate complaints across the internet by using the ability to in- instantly publish copies of their complaints on multiple affiliated websites. They want your posts to appear everywhere online, so people will notice them and pay them to have them removed. This process is akin to blackmail. In other words, by simply clicking a button on a complaint website, the damn allegation, it only took you minutes to craft and publish to numerous affiliate websites across the internet, which helps you make it possible to damn worldwide overnight. This money-making scheme capitalizes on free speech, the reach of the internet, the reputation ravaging, and the reputation ravaging could not be successful without the help of the internet search engines like the aforementioned Google and Bing. Exit out. No one uses Bing. Nobody uses Bing. Let's be real. Poll's not on that list. Well, poll is one forum. I'm sure. I'm sure that these websites 
might post to poll or other similar websites. Um, polls now defunct, mind you, but it might, uh, it basically those websites that were listed, um, they take, they take the allegation and they post it on like a thousand fucking forums. They post it everywhere. So very well could have had stuff like that posted on there. Um, Jesus Jones. <sighs> Similar to complaint websites, search engines absolve themselves from responsibility for the search results they uh, serve up by attesting that they do not create the content, rather that they just convey the information already on the internet. But in true media style, the uh, search engines continue to actually influence uh, the impact of the internet content on there by choosing which content to promote at the top of their search results. This is also very true. For example, there may be thousands of listings on the internet associated with, with Joe Smith. Yet, the listings on the complaint website seem to be served up first on Google's search report. This works so well that a complaint posted on Ripoff Report, for example, about a company or a person typically ranks higher in Google's search results than the company's website or the person's Facebook profile. And Google does, does uh, deserve special commendation in this regard as it, it is the most popular search engine and appears to place a greater priority on serving up scandalous content in comparison to other search engines like Bing. I don't know how verifiable that is. I don't know how verifiable that is, but it does seem to be a potential truth. Um, in other words, a search for Dr. Joe Smith, uh, though Google through Google is more likely to return allegations on complaint websites more than the same search conducted through Bing. Moreover, if a person pays a complaint website to remove allegations that appear on the first page of Google's results, Google quickly elevates another complaint website allegation from the lower in their search result rankings to take its place. This goes beyond a commentary of the act of canceling. It teaches step-by-step on how to do it. It's, it does read like the anarchist's cookbook. And it's 100%. Like, this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying here. Like, this may have been satire at one point or intended to be satire at one point, but this gives a fucking detailed perspective on how to get this accomplished. It is fucking terrifying. It is fucking terrifying. I've seen allegations ranking on page three of Google's results jump up overnight to replace an allegation removed from page one. In this sense, Google seems to operate like a newsstand that places tabloids on the front center of the display rack to attract customers, whereas Bing tends to position credible sources more prominently. Make no mistake, however, Bing still does serve up scandalous complaint websites listing uh, in its search results, just lower down in the rankings. So again, I don't, I don't know if this is an actual thing. If that's the case, that's fucking nuts. If that is the case, that Google places these, like, psycho websites higher than actual credible websites, that's a fucking problem that needs to be fixed. In addition to complaint websites, social media like Twitter also play an important role. <laughs> yeah. Uh, making damn an effective online method. Once you posted the allegations on complaint websites, social media can be leveraged to draw even more public attention to them. This is as easy as posting, liking, retweeting, or sharing links on the allegations you published on complaint websites. Posting something as simple as, wow, look at what people are saying about Joe Smith. He's a doctor I was thinking of seeing. I could have been repaid. Doesn't that sound familiar, folks? 
I was going to go to your convention, but you have this person I don't like. I was going to buy your video game, but this character is being voiced by this person, and he did this thing. Isn't that interesting? On Twitter, along with links to support the posts on complaining websites, is enough to broadcast the allegation to potentially millions of people and increase internet traffic to further elevate the search results. <sighs> I mean, it's happened. I've seen it personally happen. I've dealt with it personally. I had... When I was when I was media manager for Kitchener Comic Con, uh, we had a psychopath doing this. We had a psychopath doing this very thing. <laughs> Sounds like Mars Girl. <clears throat> is that the sound of bat? Is that the sound of bat wings flapping? Can hear them all the way from uh, from Florida. Um, even with your so leveraging authority, even with your allegations, um, you block you backed it of no no more heroes three because of uh, Suda firing Quentin and replaced him with Mark Allen Stewart. Yep. Even with your allegations public published across the internet, ranking at the top of search engine result pages, sometimes it's necessary to drop them into authority's lap, so to speak, to get him to take action. Social media like LinkedIn, and Facebook are particularly useful in this in this regard. For example, LinkedIn profiles are essentially online resumes that can be used to find information about a man's current and previous employment, his professional affiliations at the name of important people in his professional network, such as his boss, his biggest client. Similar information can be found on Facebook profiles. It's fucking private everything. Folks, family, friends, everybody. Do this, do yourself a goddamn favor, okay? I did this when we started getting into this stuff with uh, with Vic back in 2020. Um, I did this because I knew that I was going to get searched up because I put myself front and center, and I didn't want to be I, I didn't want to be like come at by these psychopaths. Open, open an anonymous page, right? Like if you have, if you have like Brave or you have Google Chrome or whatever else, there, there should be some sort of thing to like anonymously view a web page or whatever else. Something that like doesn't use your cookies to search. So when you use Google search engine it has, it, it goes in blind, like it's a brand new person. Then search your name, search your first and last name, search your first middle and last name search your name and your address or sh search your name and your, your company, whatever else do a search on yourself and see what information is out there about you. You will be fucking astonished. You will be surprised at how public certain things are about you. And once you find out how public you are, decide how public you want to be, go in and make the changes. Go in, lock down Facebook, lock down your LinkedIn accounts or whatever, lock down these things, delete accounts that you don't use, some accounts that you've had for, for 10, 15 years that you forgot about might still be in existence. Current search results for Crom. Crombrian is an entire hate mob. Exactly. 
Exactly. I am the hate mob Pokemon. That's why I'm a dark type. But yeah, go ahead. Do that little example. Do that little, do that little search on yourself. And see how public you are. And decide how public you want to be. Just keep that in mind. Do searches on your name. Do searches on your email address. Do searches on your home address. Find where your information pops up and decide if you want it to be there or not. Because it could save you a lot of strife later. With that information in hand, then you can message the, uh, the allegations to people, most important people or authorities in his network via social media applications, Facebook Messenger, anonymous emails, contact us page of the employer's website. Through the same means, you can contact, you can also provide authorities with links to post on complaint websites such, uh, and encourage them to Google his name to see if it's true. Likewise, you can s- send similar alert messages to regulatory associations such as the American Medical Association, yada yada. Encouraging them to revoke licenses or certifications man has. Email, like, make a complaint to the Bar Society, right? Try to get, try to get a lawyer disbarred because of his YouTube channel. Right? Isn't it interesting? As illustrated in the vignette about Sam, uh, Sam Mann at the beginning of his, his of this chapter, when authorities are directly alerted to allegations, there's an implied duty for them to take action, such as terminate their employment. Even more in favor, authority makes it nearly impossible for a man to have any recourse against the damn online method. As already mentioned, the media we leverage use authority, i.e. the legal system, to shield themselves from repercussions with free speech and internet laws. Similarly, social media grants... Social media giants like Twitter fight hard with attorneys to protect users' rights to express whatever they want. Um, wrong. X to doubt. Moreover, if you maintain your anonymity, whom can authorities take action against? It can be impossible to prove who made the allegations on the internet. I mean, it can be. There's a lot of lazy fucking people out there now. They make mistakes. Besides, as taking legal action is ridiculously expensive and winning defamation cases is notoriously hard. So let's, let's take advantage of the legal system. Let's abuse the fact that the legal system is broken. Exactly. A shit ton of ethics claims against another lawyer. Exactly. She who shall not be named does that on Twitter all the time. Anyone says her name, she automatically pops up like a stalker. Exactly. Feels like she's in your bushes. <laughs> like these people have like fucking AI programs telling them when people are talking about them. It's usually prohibitive for a man, uh, for uh, prohibitively difficult for a man to fight back. Keep in mind the swift loss of income, social support, and so on. Typically occurs as the result of allegation media and authorities collaboration. So yeah, they want to cripple your ability to pay for anything. So you can't take them to court. You don't. So they want to take away your resources. 
This is a directive. This is told. This is fucking part of the handbook. Chop block their fucking resources so they can't take you to court. Let alone hire a legal team to chase after the accusers. Even if a man did have the money, very few lawyers, courts, and laws are equipped to deal with the new tactics and technology underpinning the damn online method. Isn't this, for lack of a better word, damning? Is this not exactly what we're seeing? Please. Dinner time. Have a good one, Tom. Take care. Good to have you. And folks, if you do want to, if you do want to support the uh, the stream, I'm just going to take a minute here because I never do this and I always forget. If you want to take a moment to support the stream? Um, be sure to subscribe. I'm really, really close to 1,000 subscribers. Really, really close. I think I'm like 75 away. I'm 75 subscribers away. Please like the channel. Please subscribe to the channel. Please share this stream share this share the channel out there um if you're if you want to because i have i have a super secret discord you can join the patreon which is listed at the top of the stream um right over on that side up there somewhere you can join the patreon as little as five dollars a month gets you into the discord there's not a whole lot happening there but hey you can you can hang out with us um or if you just want to do it one time you can super chat and have the absolutely lovely bella Read your super chat live on stream for you. The link is on the, I don't know, over there. Link is over there at the top of the chat. You can have Bella read your super chat and uh, and all that good fun stuff. I think the threshold is $2. I, I thought it was $1, but I think it's actually $2. The TTS will activate and it will read. I fixed the audio issue. It should read. So, a little bit of shilling. Bella! Exactly, Toy Man. Bella is back on the stream. The legal system is already far behind the times and too slow to catch up. In other words, there isn't much for most men, isn't much that most men can do to recover from the damn online method. You can sub from your car's account. Hey, let's go, LZ. Let's go, Elyse. The damn at work method. So this is another interesting one too, because this actually covers what happened, mostly what happened to Vic, largely, because he got hit at work and online. In comparison, the online method outlined in the previous chapter, the at work method relies less on mass media, more on leveraging workplace allegations and work-related authorities. It's not quite as easy as posting allegations across the internet um, for require for blah, blah, blah. the amount of effort required for remarkably destructive results is still surprisingly small. Kathy Click was a new hire, a recent uh, graduate with a master's degree in marketing. Oh, big surprise! Always comes from fucking marketing people every single time. She was happy to leave the academic world and hit the ground running on her first real job, socially outgoing and chatty. Kathy related to her colleagues as though they were personal friends. Uh, 
She started a company bowling team, went happy hour with coworkers, and was devilishly excited to engage in office office gossip. Could this work on the people using it? Absolutely it can. 100%. It absolutely can. Here's the funny part. Here's the funny part. It works both ways. Now, obviously, if this is if if what the the book is saying about Google is true, the online method, you couldn't you couldn't counter it by putting factual stuff up. It had it would have to be scandalous. But the uh, the individuals that are coming out employing this this method have no shortage of sca- of scandals, no shortage of them. They are often ten times worse than the person being scandalized. But the point here is, I'm not saying employ this method. I'm saying I, I actively I'm saying don't. What I'm saying is, show people that this book exists and that this is what these fucking psychopaths are using. This is what these psychopaths are putting out there. This is step by step what they're fucking doing. That's all it's going to take. Go to companies and be like, look, this is fucking bullshit. Stop listening to it. Stop believing it. Companies do this because it's easy for them. It's easy for them to go along with it because they're lazy. Show it to Joe Public. Expose this. People out there are saying cancel culture doesn't exist. It fucking is written down in a step-by-step process. Come on, man. Jesus Christ. And I know it's not the easy part. I, I know it's not the easy way. But the right thing is rarely the easiest thing to do. Rarely the easiest thing to do. Upper management has liked her initiative and her people-person personality. It wasn't long before she developed a close-knit group of followers at work. Eric Introvert, however, tended to keep himself. True to the many stereotypes about engineers, he was more comfortable working with data and and, and things other than people. I mean, I can relate to you. I can relate to you, Eric Introvert. A longtime employee of the company had worked his way up over the years from an entry-level position to a senior engineer. It didn't take Kathy long to discover that she disliked Eric. He was reserved and had few friends, did not participate in company social activities. Likewise, he consistently declined invitations to join the bowling team and such as other things. Fucking worst thing. What a fucking, what a fucking monster. He didn't want to go bowling. Fucking time to destroy this man's life. All it takes. Worse, when she expressed new ideas about how to market the company's product, he often criticized her for overselling the product's technical capabilities. In some, Eric got in her way and made her look bad. 
No, this is 100% about him not joining the bowling team. How fucking dare he? How fucking dare Eric Introvert turn down Kathy's fucking invitation? You're a fucking terrible person, and you're a fucking minor attracted person, Eric Introvert. You deserve to fucking boil for your crimes, you son of a bitch. Kathy's going to get you, motherfucker. True to her nature, Kathy began to communicate her dismay at, uh, to her large circle of friends at work. She complained that Eric stifled her ideas by interrupting and criticizing her during meetings. She said Eric discounted her perspectives because she was female. Because she was a woman. To be supportive, her work friends echoed her sentiments and reinforced her negative views of Eric. Oh yeah, Eric totally was, was mean to everyone. The guy who literally didn't talk to anybody. Empowered, Kathy then took her own complaints to human resources and stated that Eric did not acknowledge her contributions because she was woman. She said she she said that he spoke aggressively and that, he, and that she did not feel safe during meetings with him. When HR asked if there was anything else about Eric that made her feel uncomfortable, Kathy added that he didn't listen to her ideas because he was sexually attracted to her. I'm sure Kathy's a fucking ham planet too. He just he just he was he was so attracted to her gravitationally. And now that she thought uh, more deeply about it, she recalled instances where he stared at her breasts rather than making eye contact with her when she was speaking. I mean it, I mean if the tits are better are better looking than your face, I'm sorry. I, if there are things I would rather look at, if I want to look, do I do I want to look at, do I want to look at a misshapen ham sandwich, or do I want to look at something that at least is is not that? In the very least, that is not a fucking hamburger cheesecake. Good Lord. Further, when asked if there was any witnesses, Kathy said that she'd been sharing her concerns with coworkers for quite some time. They agree. They all agreed with her. They will vouch for her. HR confronted Eric blindsided. He said that he had no idea what Kathy or her friends at work were talking about and that he related to her no differently than any other employee. He also said that he had not violated any company policies. No one had ever complained about him during his years with the company, and HR had no tangible evidence to support allegations of sexual discrimination. Nevertheless, in order to maintain a safe work environment, promote diversity, and avoid further complications, HR mandated that Eric formally apologize to Kathy and refrain from criticizing her. What a fucking stunning and brave response. They also threatened to terminate Eric if he did not comply, informed his manager of what had occurred, and added documentation about the incident to Eric's personal permanent file. Rumors traveled fast about the company about Eric's apology, because they, they want the apology, right? 
About his disrespect for women, fearing termination, he no longer voiced his opinions during meetings and retracted his views whenever female co-workers took issue with him. He was eventually passed over for a promotion. Kathy was applauded for having the bravery to voice her concerns and stand up for sexual discrimination. She advanced quickly in her career with the company. I mean, that happens all the fucking time. Happens all the time, don't it? You may be thinking at this point, is that all it took to destroy Eric's career? As the vignette is uh, derived from real incidents, I assure you that it uh, really can be that easy while leveraging the work-related authorities is key to enabling the damn work method, crafting appropriate workplace allegations and utilizing them in correct channels to convey them is required to get the authorities involved. That said, let's review how the the tailor the three fundamentals to destroy a man's work, man at work, beginning with the allegations. Yeah, exactly. Fucking lawyer up. Lawyer up. The only reason is that they want the apology is to watch you put your vulnerability on the table as a constrainer. They want the apology as an admission. That's what they want the apology for. We saw that with Vic. We saw that with with insert random fucking person accused of anything here. They want the apology so they can use that apology to beat you into the fucking grave with it. That's what they want the apology for. They don't want the apology because it means anything. They want the apology to use that as a fucking baseball bat to crack your fucking skull open. That's what they want. Vic Mignogna was in line to get a director's position at Funimation. They demanded an apology for something that never happened. The man apologized for if the man apologized if he offended anybody. And that was enough to take out the knee that was enough to get him removed because they pointed to that apology and said see 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 he admitted to it and nothing was admitted to it was blindsiding They extorted an apology out of him and then they used that apology to drive a stake through his fucking career. Anywhere else, you look at that series of events, you you apply that to anything. That's illegal. That's a fucking felony. And it's just being allowed to happen. Not only is it being allowed, it's being applauded. It's being shown off. It's being paraded. It's being celebrated. It's disgusting. And here it is written on fucking paper. Exactly word for word. Crafting allegations. We're about like three quarters through this. 
There's not much, not much more left. Money matters to companies, and that's what's the most important thing to keep in mind when crafting place, workplace allegations. Making money is the company's main purpose. Why companies exist. Profits grow them. Financial losses lead to their death. Even companies who strive to make the world a better place couldn't do so if they didn't make money to fund their efforts. Likewise, the same is true for a company's functions or departments. And it's that easy to see how functions like product development, sales, and marketing exist to make a company money. However, it's less easy to see how money is also the guiding star for functions like HR and legal departments. Make no mistake, these departments do not exist to help employees. This is very interesting too. I said this a thousand fucking times even before reading this. HR does not exist to protect employees. HR exists to protect the company. Despite portraying themselves uh, despite portraying themselves that way, rather their primary function is to protect companies against financial losses that can arise from personal matters like lawsuits and the like. Absolutely true. For example, companies invest in diversity and sexual harassment training for employees not because it creates a better workplace. Many, sh- many studies show it has little effect, but because it protects the companies from lawsuits. Companies can argue that they're not responsible for employee misconduct because they provided proper training. In some companies are fully recognizing the, dam- the massive damage allegation media and authority are capable of, especially in terms of generating the kind of scandal and public outrage that results in boycotts, legal action, tarnished brand reputation, and other huge financial losses. We see it. Right? We see it all the time. Risk assessment. Right? Did any of the things that that Vic was alleged alleged to have done any of those things have anything to do with Funimation no not a single fucking one not one did anything that Quentin was was allegedly doing unsubstantiated accusations against these these individuals anything Regarding his businesses, his workplace? No, not a single one. Not one. Yet, they lose roles. Yet, they lose invitations from conventions. Why? It's been proven otherwise. It's been proven that these allegations are completely false and unsubstantiated risk assessment oh we can't we can't handle we can't handle uh, potentially having something happen in our, our convention then don't have a convention don't invite humans into your your building if you want to actively prevent anything from happening at your event, 
bar the public from him. Easy. Done. In addition to posing a threat uh, to company profitability, viable workplace allegations also require a victim in need of protection. In work context, victims are generally syn synonymous with protected classes, such as women and minorities. The term protected class stems from a, federal, a U.S. federal anti-discrimination law, meaning that companies are held liable and can lose money from allegations of mistreatment. This is insanity. Of uh, people in protected classes, similarly people who have less power in organizations due to their position, title, or status. Entry-level employees can also be considered victims of those who have more power. For instance, as business owners and, and owners uh, and managers can uh, tell employees what to do and terminate their employment who do not comply, they can easily be perceived as misusing their power or mistreating their subordinates. That's very true. Exactly the people threatening boycotts were never going to go anyways. 99% of people will go to the convention. Hundred percent. They did the same to Vic and Sean Shibble took a spot? Exactly. And I you know, here's what I'm here's what I'm predicting. I'm putting on my I'm putting on my crystal ball for a moment here. It's let's, let's let's take a look here. I, I, I'm getting I'm getting something. It it it. I would uh I would put it a guess that Sean Shemmel's gonna have some accusations hitting him as soon as his new Goku movie comes out. Stay fucking tuned for that one. Combined people in protective classes and in lower level management uh, positions such as female subordinates make excellent victims for workplace allegations that can destroy a man now. So when we boil it down, simple and familiar ingredients for crafting damn at a work, uh, uh, work allegations emerge. Claims made about a male employee doing something scandalous to a victim. However, like allegations dressed in a business attire, um, the claims have to be properly suited to fit the workplace and can, and be taken seriously by coworkers, managers, HR, and so on. Fortunately, scandalous yet plausible claims can come from, um, from magnifying just about anything a man does with a potential victim. Uh, jelly bean. He ate a jelly bean. I mean, people should get fired for dad jokes, but seriously. For example, a man who hugs a woman at work can easily be accused of unwanted touching. Wow. Wow. Why don't we just fucking literally steal, like, just literally copy and paste. Let's, let's just literally copy and paste. Quentin put his arm around you? How fucking dare he? How fucking dare he? That son of a bitch. Imagine getting offended over a fucking jelly bean. 
A man who expresses opinions that differ from those held by people in protected classes can be accused of being aggressive in creating an unsafe work environment. Come on, man. Oh yeah, I, I'm like I'm like totally like a fucking drab mess today because like there was no way I was putting fucking makeup on and getting dressed up pretty when it's this fucking hot out. By the way, so y'all got to deal with it, or else I'm gonna like portray myself as a victim and then I'm gonna take all of you to social media court. Just saying. His allegations are such a joke. He smiled. I feel so violated. He smiled at me. He smiled at me. He looked in the general direction of my body figure. Hun, when your body figure takes up the entire field of view, he ain't looking at you. Nobody can look away from you because you are the entire field of view. A man who uses humor that involves protective classes or subordinates can be accused of making inappropriate jokes and creating a hostile workplace. I mean, can we take, can we just like copy and paste this entire phrase and apply it to Vic? <laughs> like, can you just change something? Literally, Vic got accused of kissing somebody consensually and making a bad joke about a jelly bean literally two out of three examples in this fucking book were used against Vic please we're talking about double standards and equal rights absolutely Michael Sitko <laughs> when you're massive enough to bend light towards you there is no escape exactly Jesus Christ Moreover, a man who engages in a sexual relationship, even a consensual one, or anything even related to sexual activity with a potential victim in the workplace, asking a female colleague to join him for dinner, how fucking dare he, can easily be accused of unwanted sexual advances, sexual harassment, and other forms of sexual misconduct. <laughs> Being a decent human being, not even once. Yet, like the damn online method, while it's important to make allegations scandalous, it's counterproductive, especially in the workplace setting, to go overboard and make them ridiculous. For instance, in accusing a manager of rubbing up against a female subordinate and repeatedly asking them on dates is close enough to do serious lasting damage. Whereas saying he repays women daily in the employee lounge on lunch breaks borders on unbelievable and could be uh, and could undermine credibility. I mean, Marky got away with saying that he literally fucking like ham fisted fucking, uh, fucking canoed the back of her fucking head. Ripped her fucking spine out like sub zero and pissed on her fucking corpse. Literally got away with saying that, but Hey, let's uh, let's let's temper down the uh, going overboard thing. I, I think we're good. For instance, um, 
Oh yeah, we did that one. Along the same lines, it's generally more effective to make allegations relevant to a man's character. He's abusive. He's a sexual deviant. See? Tailoring it to a man's character. So, besmirching a man based on his character. So, someone who's virtuous. Oh, he's he's a sexual deviant. He's, he's a sex pest. <laughs> fucking weirdos. These fucking weirdos. A man can easily, a man can provide evidence to back up the quality of his work, whereas scandalous allegations about his character are much more difficult to defend against. As we know from chapter one, an allegation can become its own evidence with the media's help. Leveraging media. Smear campaigns channeled through the company's internal communications networks are one of the most effective uh, media means for destroying man's work. Before you can take your allegation directly to authorities like HR, you need to ensure they'll find some kind of support uh, for your claims that, that turn up upon an investigation. Isn't that funny? So we have to go around and we have to start planting the seeds with people so that when HR goes around and starts asking people, they know. So let me just take Vic's example, okay? Monica Rial has three different stories that she wants to pepper around and get people to talk about. So she goes to people who are living with her. The Yost twins. Goes to them. Comes up with this idea. Comes up with their own stupid story. And comes up with a third story about someone who doesn't even want to talk about it. Goes to HR. And says, oh, here are three stories. I'm coming forward on behalf of these other two people. Oh, you can call these people. This other person doesn't want to be called, but call these people and find out and, and determine that I'm correct. 100% manufactured. 100% manufactured. For example, if, you're, if you were to allege the, to HR that a manager tries to date female subordinates, but the coworkers say they've never heard anything about it, when HR asks, the allegation won't have, won't have gone far. However, if the coworkers are able to say that they've heard about, heard about the manager trying to date female subordinates, then further action from HR is likely. Yeah, poison the well. Poison the well. How to destroy a man destroyer. Gaslighting rumors, exactly. Exactly. The more coworkers can vouch for an allegation, the more effective it is, and smear campaigns can do a great job of spreading claims and cultivating support so what's required for an effective smear campaign well first you need internal communication networks or work friends you probably already have a network of friends at work but if you're new to a company you tend to be a loner you'll have to develop one the vignette of uh, at the beginning where kathy did an outstanding job of building an, a broad network of friends quickly not necessary to go as far as starting a company-wide bowling team although it's outside the scope of this handbook to detail uh, how to make friends Plenty of the other books focus on that. I'll share some important tips about how to maximize your network for damn purposes. First, it's wise to befriend people who are informally influential. These folks are akin to popular kids at school who set trends, gain followers, who always have friends to sit with at the lunch table. Other employees respect these people's opinions and follow their lead. In corporate lingo, people like these people are referred to as opinion leaders. Gaining an opinion leader's friendship and trust and sharing your claims to that person 
is like publishing allegations in a company newsletter. Wow. Wow. You hate that uh, that too? People like Monica are not fucking lawyers or advocates and they don't get to speak for people. People need to speak for themselves. She went with three stories on behalf of people. Two people that didn't even work for Funimation that actually lived with her and her fiance and one person that didn't want her didn't want her to go to the HR with her story and refused to talk to HR about it. Yeah. Really looking out for women there, Monica. The handbook of how to be a piece of shit. Just wow. Yep. Agreed. This is the this is the handbook how to destroy a man now. It is literally the cancel culture handbook. Second, it's it's important to befriend the people in the company who are formally influential. These are folks who have power because of their position or title or status. Building relationships with these people is a little more challenging because it makes ma- than making friends with the popular kids just uh, just discussed. However, the obstacles inherent in organizational structures can be circumvented in a number of ways, such as company social events and mentoring pro mentoring programs. Just saying there's a reason eyewitness testimony in court is criticized hard because psychologically it's very easy to have your memories of an event messed with or accidentally maliciously accidentally or maliciously 100% can absolutely you are fucking 100% correct. And that's not just me putting like that, that, that's not just me like fucking face value. It is so we've seen it. We've seen it before. Plummet Rant went on record on court saying that he's that that Vic that he did this specific thing and Vic was sitting here and bo- and he had to step in and blah 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 when a photograph showed otherwise and he said I really don't remember it that way well a fucking photo exists of it dude a fucking photograph proved it a picture that didn't change trumps your memory, which does change. That's why it's called a fact. And I 100% agree with you, Ken. 100%. People are very susceptible to manipulation, including their own. Including their own gaslighting. Which these people are doing to themselves... Case in point, the girl that Quentin kissed with without consent, kissed without consent, literally gave him consent years later, said that she felt icky about the situation. I I didn't like it. (laughs) And then that turned into she didn't consent. And then she believed she didn't consent until someone pulled up a video that showed, actually, yeah, you did. 
And then she admitted, oh, yeah, I did consent at the time, but I didn't really know what I was getting into. <laughs> the Vagic Christmas Girl, too. Exactly. Exactly. Cognitive psychology course in school. There's literally a chapter on the topic. Memory and eyewitness testimony. Absolutely. I actually remember that. I do remember that. We didn't, we didn't get like super duper into it because it was more just a, like my course was more just like a, a surface level, like smoothing of psychology. We didn't get super digging into a lot of the different things, but I do remember that. See, Ken is an actual therapist, like a, like an actual paper card carrying therapist. I'm just a person who, who minored in psychology in, in college. <laughs> so, <laughs> for the example, the use of the photo lines up with six photos per page uh, was shown to pressure victims into choosing one of the six, even if they weren't sure. Yes. And you have a one in six chance of being correct. You have a one in six chance of being correct, even if you don't know the correct answer. You can literally intentionally use six incorrect photos, force them to choose one, and then they could choose one and swear that's correct, and then you can use that to disprove it. Because you know already that all six photos were incorrect. And they have a pressure to, to pick one of the pictures. When the correct answer is, it isn't any of these pictures very dirty and very weird and very manipulative tactics the exact case study we covered too yeah it's a common one <laughs> they had the assumption that one of the six were uh, the perpetrator when they weren't told that exactly you don't even need to be told Jesus Christ for instances, there are usually opportunities to strike up conversations with higher-level employees at company-held birthday celebrations, retirement parties, and the like. Likewise, you can join company clubs and such as the event planning committee or the diversity and inclusion group. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, join that one. To provide opportunities to network with people at various levels throughout the organization. Further, mentoring programs offer great opportunities to build close relationships with high-level people, relationships that are intended to provide support, for dealing with sensitive or controversial companies, company matters such as hostile work environment. Saw that in Twitch, didn't we? Saw that on Twitch, didn't we? We got we got ourselves we got ourselves a deer kin to join the uh, diversity and inclusion squad. How'd that turn out? How did that turn out? We got a literal when we got a literal psychopath. Handing out bands to people on Twitch. Better way to go is photo by photo. Absolutely. Don't tell them how many photos you have, go photo by photo. Third is uh, it's useful to have many people on your work network, even if they don't know you or have a deep personal level. The sheer number of people who know of you and think positively of you can help greatly in terms of support 
to your claims and spreading allegations. This is true. Um, I actually experienced this at work myself. Because I, I, I generally keep to myself. I generally keep to myself at my job. And I don't really, I don't really say anything about anybody. Even when I like actually witness shit. If it's like not hurting anybody, I don't really talk about it. I don't really bring it up. But when I do bring something up, and because of my work ethic and because of, because of the way that I approach things at work and everything else like that, um, my opinion is respected. And I could make something up about something and I could, I could bring that up and people would believe it. People would believe it and people would act on it. I don't, obviously don't do that because I'm not a fucking lunatic. And, I, and going to the well one too many times, you lose that credibility. But um, I've actually I've actually personally experienced this where people and I'm like, I'm a nobody at work. I'm just I'm just a base employee. I'm not a supervisor. I'm not a manager. I'm not anything. I'm just I'm just a worker. People lean on my opinion about stuff. So I fully experienced that. The rule of, of reciprocity is uh, important to keep in mind here. People are more likely to think positively of you and do something for you if you've done something for them. That's also true. Um, one funny thing here I do want to say. Very, very easy way to do this is to bring in sweets. Right. Now, this is kind of, this is kind of a, weird, a, a weird thing. Unique to me. But basically, every year on my birthday at work, um, and this, this is like just basically started up in the past couple workplaces that I've been in every year, my birthday. Cause like people kind and I admit it's fully selfish, but, uh, sometimes people remember your birthday. Sometimes people don't, if you want people to celebrate your birthday, the easiest way to get people to celebrate your birthday is to buy your own cake and bring it in and share it with people. Easiest way. Every year that I've worked at my current job on my birthday, I have bought like one or two slab cakes and I bring it into the lunchroom and I share it with everybody. Now, large reason, a large reason for that is because there's like two other people in my workplace that share my birthday. So it's not completely selfish for me to do it because it's kind of like we're celebrating everyone's birthday because that was something that other people adopted. So when I, the, the other, the other uh, two people that share my birthday at work, they bought slab cakes too. Cause I bought slab cakes. And so there's like three or four slab cakes for everyone to have and enjoy. And in turn, they're celebrating our birthdays collectively. So it's a good thing. And then we come across as, as decent people. So um, I was, and I was talking with this about a friend of mine and uh, a friend of mine was saying that they did that. <laughs> the cake is a, the cake is a lie. It's also dosed with Rohypnol. <laughs> <coughs> she was saying that in her workplace that she worked at, um, it was like a, like a warehouse setting thing. And every time that someone's the, the, the unofficial rule was if it was your birthday, bring in donuts for everybody. So that every time someone had a birthday, everybody would celebrate by having donuts. 
And it was the person's. It was the person that had the birthday that would bring in the donuts because then the next time someone has a birthday, they would bring in donuts. So basically, everyone would be buying donuts for each other. And every time that there was donuts, they'd be like, "Oh, well, whose birthday is it?" Because they would know. So it's an interesting. It's an interesting thing. Like it happened. I, I did it, and it it turns out that other people do it too, and it's really cool. I think it's just an interesting thing that people should just do because it's nice to do. But instead of being sad that no one remembers your birthday celebrate it with everyone and then you're doing something nice for people and then people are more favorable to you so being friendly and helpful to others in the workplace whenever you can your favors will tend to be remembered and returned in kind that's very true moreover being useful for our damn purposes acting on opportunities to be friendly and helpful can advance your career in general with your network of friends established um, you can then begin your smear campaign Rohypnol is a proper workplace etiquette. Don't didn't you read the man, manual? <laughs> this is why we have to do retraining every fucking month on this stuff. <laughs> you used to make margaritas to celebrate. That's fucking awesome. Accuse all persons of having a penis as having violently repaid you in the lobby while wearing a jigglypuff com- costume for plus five hypnosis. I fully believe it. I one hundred percent believe you. It's that situation. It's like it's like when Ricky Berwick got accused of some of something on fucking Twitter, some lunatic fucking like like uh, twit longered that Ricky Berwick at a convention stood up from his chair and like shoved his penis in her mouth and t- and slapped her in the face really hard and like looked at her dead in the eye and said, "No one will believe you." Ricky Berwick, the man whose like legs are completely deformed, and he's re- he's stuck in a wheelchair (laughs) (laughs) fucking pulled the bull bill murray fucking shit no one's going to believe you walk away (laughs) oh my god no just just send monica a fucking just send monica a fucking cupcake with her name on it Mr. Fucking autograph on a cupcake. Say, there you go, Monica. Now you can eat yourself. (laughs) You have to bring in margaritas to share with your clients, most of whom are ages 7 to 17. Hey, you can go, you can go virgin margaritas. You can go virgin margaritas. (laughs) Be like Shirley Temples for them. I used to love Shirley Temples when I was a kid. That shit was the fucking greatest. Oh my God. With your network of friends established, you can begin with your smear campaign. Everything we've already covered about the crafting allegation applies here. However, I will reiterate work methods call for you to be subtle and keep your idiosyncrasies of your work context in mind. Keep, uh, for instance, keep setting up a formal meeting with a random employee to claim that you've been raped by a manager. <laughs> Hello, random employee that I've never spoken to before, Pega. I have been repaid by my manager. <laughs> Likely cause your coworker to become uncomfortable and pass responsibility on to HR prematurely. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> oh my God. In contrast, however, saying something more suitably to a work friend during a lunch, such as I'm dreading my next meeting with my manager. I always catch him looking at my breasts. 
I always, I always catch my manager looking at my breasts. How dare you? It's far more effective, especially if the work friend is an opinion leader and has a high-level status in the company. A comment phrased and delivered in that manner can fuel gossip that will spread your claim and garner its acceptance company-wide. From the pasty patriarchy and considered misogynistic, cupcake gifts are a form of pastry patriarchy. Oh my god. That's perfect. I love that gift idea then. A com uh, likewise, similar comments made to multiple coworkers over time, be careful not to overdo it, can create a groundswell and soon employees will be whispering things like, watch out for that man watch out for that manager. Everyone says he's a creep and can't keep his eyes off of women. Well, let's be fair. Again, let's let's be fair. If the women in question that people can't keep their eyes off of encompass the three walls of a fucking room, then yes, no one can keep their eyes off of them because it's physically impossible unless you're blind. We're talking about Tucson. It's physically impossible to not look at her. Because she is a field of vision. While internal company communication channels are notably effective for destroying a man at work, media external to the company can also be leveraged for great effect. An uh, example using the online dam method can easily lead to a man losing his job and be combined with the dam and dam at work method, which was done in Vic's case. It was a fucking two pronged approach. They went to HR with their bullshit. And then when that wasn't good enough, Because getting getting him removed from Funimation was only a tiny bit, right? He only lost he only lost his fucking ten cents an hour job doing voice acting work. No, it's not enough. We have to go after the conventions. You're always staring at my breasts. Yeah, Mr. Ken, we're done we aren't done with the session are we done with the session yet? My mom's waiting on me. <laughs> You're always staring at my breasts. Your breasts are always staring at me from your, from the tops of your shoes. Better do something about those. Uh, better do something about those uh, sagging egg whites. However, if destroying a man's career is your primary intention, it's especially helpful to include scandalous workplace conduct allegations when posting a complaint to website, social media. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Oh, well, let's let's just include the scandalous workplace allegations in our social media posts. <laughs> Grandma. Oh my god, similarly as the examples in chapter 2 illustrate, it's also helpful to post-slash-identify a man's place of employment. His job title is work-related victims. The, the jelly bean! 
Because they're public, and those allegations alone can't be enough to get authorities like HR and legal departments to take action, especially if they align the allegation with the spread with the allegations you've spread within the community. Leveraging authority. When it comes to the damn at work method, the relationship between authorities affords greatest leverage, mainly the relationship between authority uh, internal and companies such as HR authorities external such as companies like the legal system. Allude, alluded to earlier, the companies are fearful of financial losses. Like HR and the legal departments, uh, protect against those losses, ensuring regulations, yada yada. So company authorities still operate as protector and savior, but mostly it's the company and not you they strive to protect. Absolutely true. You start threatening the company's bottom line, they will yeet anybody that they need to. However, that means you can leverage the threat of going to external authorities uh, as a way to motivate your companies to act, conveying that you'll take your concerns to the police if HR does not do something to address your allegations. Um, what was that? What was that? Charges are coming. Um, he's going to be arrested. Um, it's it's going to come out. The char- the charges are the charges are filed. What was it? What was all that? I, th- I could have swear I heard this before somewhere. I could have swore I heard this before. Here back to a workable fucking. There we go. Now I'm looking like a human again. Now I'm looking like a human again and not like a fucking 80s, 80s fucking. <laughs> Hola, Twitter, bless your heart. Chris could say Vic blows hard, and that's okay with Funimation, even though he's homophobic. <laughs> yeah, Ron said charges are coming. Yeah, where did I hear that before? Where did, where did I hear that before? Funny how all of these things... It's funny how all of these things that are in this fucking book are literally a part of all of these accusations that we were hearing about. Companies manage uh, pre-public allegations by acting to quiet them and avoid financial losses that can result from lowered employee productivity, morale, legal claims, and the like. These actions could take several forms, beginning with coercing an accused to apologize to the accuser. An apology of the accused costs the company nothing. It relatively quick and quiet can save the company money, retaining the em- uh, retaining employees involved and avoiding the costs of new hires. Indeed, company authorities can hope the apology from the accused will defuse the allegations and reduce escalation. Likewise, HR can separate people involved to alleviate tensions by transferring them to different areas of the company, staggering work hours, and so on. Company authorities also document incidents and steps they took to resolve them to defend against possible legal problems. Although these actions are not initially appeared severe enough to destroy man they may work very well for our damn purposes most people perceive an apology as an admission of guilt fucking right here most people perceive an apology as an admission of guilt wow Uh, wonder why they want an apology so fucking bad with the basic thinking being why would he apologize if he didn't do anything wrong while the apologizer usually does it because he fears losing his job. It's so fucking surreal. 
It's so fucking surreal. Ken's just joshing with you, little walks. Ken's Ken's just having fun. <laughs> He's not actually yelling. <laughs> It's rarely understood by others that way. Similarly, when the company separates the accused from accusers in the workplace, people assume people assume that the accused is guilty with the thinking being, why would the company transfer him if he wasn't the real problem? <sighs> Caps lock is on cruise control. <laughs> Cruise control for cool. Yeah, why would the company terminate? Again, again, again. Right from the fucking handbook. Why would the company terminate him if they if he did nothing wrong? I just don't understand it. I do not understand. <laughs> don't. Sarcasm has a hard way of coming through through caps lock. And the uh, documentation on the incident is a scandalous scar on the accused personnel record, hindering favorable performance reviews, promotions, and so on. As with the Eric introvert in this chapter vignette, uh, these actions are plenty to damn. The man's reputation ruined, his opportunities discounted, he's passed over for career opportunities, he's effectively condemned out of the workplace. If, however, scandalous allegations about an employee become public, or it's apparent they will become public, the easiest way for the companies to avoid repercussions from external authorities is to cut ties with the accused. Wow. How about that? More specifically, when the potential financial losses to a company from boycotts, tarnished brand reputations, expensive legal action, exceeded the money that could be saved by keeping the accused employee, the company will terminate his employment or force him to resign which meets our intentions. In fucking credible, right? The company, the company didn't fire anybody from keeping them out of the same room. The company fired them to avoid potentially losing money from boycotts and having a tarnished brand reputation. Because you, instead of going after the person that's making shit up and threatening the company unnecessarily, they terminate the person that is being targeted by that other person. Because it's easier. Because they think it's going to stop. It's, they think it's going to satiate the fucking psychopath that they have employed for them. But it never does. Notice that the concepts like truth, justice, and right are right and wrong are not at play here. Rather, when the company is involved, it's all about money. It was by design, Little Rocks. It was by design. Finally, it's typically better to leverage internal companies' authorities before appealing to external authorities unless your allegations qualify as violent crimes. The claims you've crafted and spread through your workplace like sexual discrimination will likely matter more to a company's authority than external authorities. Moreover, 
Once they are brought in the picture, external authorities tend to coordinate with the company's internal authorities, which can backfire if you haven't already done your groundwork with the internal authorities. Why these methods work? I'm curious. I'm curious. Having reviewed the fundamentals of how to damn online and how to damn it work, I'm sure you've gotten the gist of how to destroy a man. And now you can figure out how to apply the same principles to other contexts like work, divorce, child custody battles. With that in mind, I'll finish this handbook on a positive note, puke, with a word about why these methods work. In a word, these damn methods work because women are winning. Women are winning, folks. We did it. We did it. Come on, man. Moreover, we're doing it by turning by turning male oppressors own patriarchy against them. We have gained more power than men while society still operates like we're powerless victims. That isn't the fucking truest goddamn statement in this fucking book. So much so that they have successfully applied it to other women. In this way, women benefit from both virtues of victimhood and the power of the oppressor. We also do it openly, hidden in plain sight by patriarchs, by the patriarchy's selective blindness towards women. <laughs> it's patriarchal society that forever views us as damsels in distress. It's patriarchal society that laughs at the thought of a man being a victim of a woman. It's patriarchal society that defines violence as physical in terms of beatings and broken bones, but never in the terms of allegations and broken lives. I want to fucking clip this and put it on Twitter. Every fucking time that some fucking talking head privileged fucking cunt rag goes on and says that cancel culture doesn't exist. Even when studies show that the women are just as violent as men, when violence includes such things as verbal abuse, Amber Heard, reputation ravaging and emotional abuse, patriarchal society still cannot perceive women as aggressors, despite men being far more likely than women to be the victims of violent crimes like homicide, Men are still perceived as less deserving of protection. Even president, if even present day federal law still requires men, but not women to register for selective service. The military draft. In other words, with women gaining power in politics, we can send men to die for us in war without ever having to go ourselves. Gas. Patriarchy's persistent perception of women is weak, is as weak as well, as weak is so deeply ingrained in society that it's embedded in law. So rather than trying to change the patriarchy, women have mastered the societal judo by leveraging the principles of patriarchy against men. We're defeating our oppressor, our oppressors by turning the captain captain's command of women and children first into men last. While we sink in their sh while we sink their ship, 
In 2017 alone, the number of men we dethroned from high-level jobs in entertainment, industry, politics, other positions of power is a testimony to how well we're winning. Meanwhile, we're destroying men's reputations as men so they can never regain power. The word men has become synonymous with rap artists, pedophiles, predators, harassers, and the like. Do you see? This is in two. This was written in 2017, published in 2018. Women are also winning because of certain aspects of modern society that have evolved in our favor, especially the emergency, the emergence of information technology, typical female advantages such as communication, social networking, emotional intelligence have become more important than typical advantages of men, such as physical strength, size, and emotional detachment. As Richard Whitmire states in Why Boys Fail, the world has gotten more verbal, boys haven't. Similarly, education is now key to financial success and power, and it's apparent that the school is better suited for women. According to The End of Men and the Rise of Women by Hannah Rosen, thousands of women... Thousands more women than men graduate from college each year, with women earning about 60% of all bachelor degrees. Likewise, women earn 60% of master's degrees and earn more PhDs than men. Even more uplifting trends like these are continuing and nothing is being done to stop them. Along with the patriarchal society turning a blind eye, media ensures public condemnation for anyone even tries to advocate for men's rights even women and why because destroying a man now is profitable as we've discussed in mainstream media uh profits mightily uh, uh media profits mightily from scandalous allegations against men complaint websites make untold sums of money from legal extortion they levy lawyers siphon ridiculous amounts of money from men who are trying to defend themselves from allegations we're already seeing that. And women profit from scandalous allegations against men in the form of legal settlements, career advancement opportunities, and the like. Clearly women's power to destroy a man is stronger, stronger than ever and our time is now. That's 2018. That is 2018. So the, uh, the back end of this is... Uh, Want to destroy a man's reputation and remove him from power for misconduct? This handbook by Angela, Dr. Angela Confidential tells you how. How to destroy a man now, business psychologist. Angela Confidential empowers women with a step-by-step -step guide for ruining a man's reputation and removing him from positions of power. In easy-to-understand terms, the handbook reveals and explains the fundamental dynamics between allegations, the media, authority and how they relate to male misconduct in today's society. It also details practical real-world methods for leveraging allegations, media, and authorities to dethrone a man. So Angela Confidential has a doctorate in psychology as an accomplished human resources uh, management professional, uh, brings a valuable blend of expertise, experience, and bullshit to the areas of social science, thinking and behavior, allegations, and male misconduct in the workplace and other contexts. There you have it, folks. 
That is the fucking cancel culture handbook. That is without a fucking doubt the fucking modern day Mein Kampf. The modern, like, literally teaching people how to delete individuals from existence. I, I can't even wrap my head around why someone would want to put this into fucking words. So this shit was written in 2016 as it was published January 4th of 2000 or it was, it was sorry in 2017 it was published in January 4th of 2018. So this was this was written at the height of the Me Too era coming off the the power drunk dethroning of titans such as Harvey Weinstein. This disgustingly goes into detail about how to completely destroy people. And there are still people out there claiming that cancel culture doesn't exist. This is a shining example of their intentions not just being baseless, but also malicious. 100%. 100%. And we've already seen it be turned on women. This exact thing was turned on Gina because they didn't like her political opinions. It doesn't have to be anything scandalous beyond she voted Republican. That's enough. There's another, there's another voice actor that said that Taiwan was a country immediately deleted he's gone this is the state of our fucking world we've let this book become reality in the past four years four years ago this was published it was penned five years ago it was published Four years ago, it's been in our, it's been around. It's, it's still available. Yeah. The one that supported kickback, ironically, it's still available. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. There are good people out there that are still having their lives ruined. 
There are people out there that don't have the support that Vic does, that don't have the support that Quentin Flynn does, that are just as innocent. And they deserve, they deserve the same justice. So I'm hoping that people can, I'm hoping that people can get this information shared out there. People want to say that the cancel culture doesn't exist. There's literally a fucking book on the screen right now. That tells you exactly step by step how to, how to commit it. So that's about all I have today, folks. I hope that everyone, I I hope I didn't put everyone to sleep. Hope I didn't put everyone to sleep. Um, (laughs) That was a pretty long read, Uh, but we're about three hours in the book. I want to thank everybody uh, for, for hanging out though. I appreciate y'all. If you do enjoy my content, if you enjoy the way the energy that I bring there to each thing, if you want to see me do more, more shows, Please feel free uh, to uh, to sub to my Patreon or join my Patreon. You can join if, if for five bucks a month. You can join my Patreon on the Knuckleheads there. Um, that allows you access to my exclusive Discord, where you get to chat with uh, any of my Twitch subs or Patreons. We, get, we have some interesting people in there. We have cool memes, fun stuff like that. Um, and also, there's. Uh, Oh yeah, be sure to sub on my my YouTube. I don't know what I'm sitting at right now. Let me let me double check real quick. Where are we? I am at seventy four. No, sorry, sixty four. We're sixty four away. Holy shit! We are sixty four subs away from one thousand. Holy shit! 64 subs away. I'd love to hit 1,000. I would love to hit 1,000. Please, please, please. Um, would, uh, would make my day. Because I'm, I'm literally sitting at 10,341 watch hours, which is 6,000 more watch hours than required to get YouTube partnership. I am 64 subs away from, uh, from hitting 1,000, which is the other requirement. So... Sharing the stream, liking it, commenting on the stream, all that fun stuff really, really, really helps get everything out there. Um, so please do that. So thank you guys so much for watching, as always. And uh, this has been another Knuckleheads. Until next time, folks, keep your stick on the ice. Bye-bye.